Hey guys, before we get started, I just want to give you a heads up that in this episode, we do talk about sexual assault, including and especially sexual assault on minors. And uh, we also talk a lot about drug use. We talk about physical abuse. We're talking about child stars, child pop stars here. And so, you know, all the dark shit that happens to them. So if that kind of talk would make this a tough listen for you, skip it. And I'll uh, see you in the next one. Later. Hi guys, Princess here and welcome to another episode of By Pumpkin. Um, hey, we're out of season 11 and season 12 is not going to start until after the new year because as I reminded you guys, or mm, I told you guys, and now I'm going to remind you, there will be no new episodes on the main free feed in December. I'm taking a break. Um, the reason I'm doing that is because it's important to my mental health. December's hard for me. And wouldn't it be lovely if I didn't do one of my jobs in December? Um, and I think that's a good plan for me. And so what the plan is, is that if you are a Patreon member and you should be a Patreon member, you should think about it. It's only five bucks a month. It's a, it's a, the low, the, uh, the base level. It's five bucks a month. You get an extra bonus episode every week on all kinds of shit. Um, but if you're a Patreon member in the month of December, you will get new episodes. I just won't have recorded them in, in December. I'm record. I'm actually, it's November, it's middle of November and I'm actually recording like an extra episode every week. Uh, and that's how I'm getting it done. If you are not a Patreon member, you are going to get new to you episodes on the main feed every Sunday. This is the one you're listening to right now. Um, because I'm going to pull some reruns from Patreon to put on in the feed in December. So everybody wins. If you are not a Patreon member, you're getting new to you episodes. If you are a Patreon member, you're getting new episodes. If you're a Princess Diaries Patreon member, that's 10 bucks a month. You're going to get new episodes and a Princess Diary episode. I'm just going to record it earlier. And I'm also going to get some rest. Rest, uh... I might have said well-deserved in the past. I'm not going to say that because I don't have to deserve rest. I don't have to earn rest. Excuse me. Let me take back. I don't have to earn rest. I deserve rest by just existing. And so I'm going to. I'm going to rest in December. I mean, I'm going to do other stuff, but I'm not, I'm gonna, I'm not going to do this podcast. And so we'll start off with season 12 of Buy Pumpkin in at the beginning of January. I'm really excited. I actually think I know what I'm going to do. I'm not going to tell you yet, but I think I know what I'm going to do. Um, but until then, I've got some sponsored episodes to do. What is a sponsored episode? A sponsored episode, if you listen, if you listen a lot, okay, you know what a sponsored episode is. Just like go get a coffee or like, you know, fast forward, this is a podcast, you do control these types of things. Um, a sponsored episode, if you don't know, this is the first time you're listening, is an episode in which someone has slid me a 20 underneath the door and said hey hey, why don't you talk about this and i've accepted what how do you sponsor an episode well you send me a message either on patreon or you can email me at hello at buypumpkinpodcast.com and um pitch me something 
something that I'm that you wish I would talk about, but I'm not. I'd love to get a little women Dallas Patreon uh sponsored episode. I'd love to get a uh Black Ink Crew sponsored episode. There's a doc on HBO that I'm I oh I'm watching the second season of The Vow. I think it's better than the first season. I think so. That Nancy Salzman stuff, girl. I really was when the next episode's coming out on um Monday, The Room is about that girl that they locked in that room. Well, locked. The door wasn't locked, but y'all told her to go in there and wouldn't let her out. And then y'all kept checking to make sure she was in there. That's locked in the room to me. Anyway, I'd love to talk about that. But is there something that you wish that I would talk about? Pitch me. It's 20 bucks. And uh, we'll see what we can do. Today's sponsored episode is from Marisol. And she asked me to watch uh, the Backstreet documentary, Backstreet Boys documentary, show them what you're made of. I'm pretty sure I've seen this before. Um, I'm not sure what context I saw it before. But I'm a behind the scenes bitch. I'll watch it. I'll watch it behind the scenes anything from anybody. I think I saw Taylor Swift and I'm not like a Swifty or anything like that. Um, although I do like to be cozy and I hear that she's being very cozy and she being still being cozy. If she's still being cozy, I might be into it. I might, I might. Um, uh, I definitely watched Justin Bieber's, um, I watched Selena Gomez's recently. Selena Gomez is looks, it seems like she hates what she does. Selena Gomez is one of those people that like, you find out like got a Grammy and you're like, did she have a song out? Yeah, she's doing a lot of stuff. So, um, but she seems like she hates being a pop star. And also that's her voice. So when I was watching Only Murders in the Building, Cute show. They don't know how to do a podcast. You don't just record a podcast in the elevator while you're talking to the killer. That's not how it works. What you do is you wait until your kids go to sleep and you get yourself a Dr. Pepper and a Kit Kat and you go sit in the office in the office in the garage. It used to be your husband's man cave. And you got a bunch of little fluffy dogs around you jangling their little tags like they're jiggling the keys. Like, I don't know, like they're the resource teacher in a high school in a, a inner city neighborhood. And that's how you record a podcast. Everybody knows that. Everybody fucking knows that. Um, but uh, only murders in the building. Um, I remember. I'm too old for Selena Gomez, by the way. And I'm also too old for Jonas Brothers. In this episode, I talk about how I thought there was only two Jonas Brothers. I didn't know about that curly haired one. I didn't know. I, I thought he was like, I don't know what I thought was fucking going on there. I, and I'm not ashamed of it. It's not my fault. If y'all wanted me to know there were three Jonas Brothers, y'all should have pushed one of them. You, you should have made it known. Y'all, I think he was in the back. I saw I saw their doc. I thought that was interesting. That's how I found out there were three of them. Um, I think his name is Kevin. I think he's the oldest. I'm not sure. I don't know what's happening. Um, what does it say? I don't remember. Oh, I'm too old for Selena Gomez. But like... When I was, so I don't, I don't know anything about Selena Gomez besides what I listened to when I listened to my retro podcast going back, talking about Selena and Demi fighting and everything. I wasn't there for that. Um, but when she is, um, when Selena is, uh, first starts talking and only murders, I'm like, Selena, is that your voice? Is that, is that how you always talk? And guess what it is? I know that because I saw her Apple TV documentary. Anyway, um, so I feel like I've seen this. I feel like 
the part where Nick and um, Brian are fighting, I was like, mm, I've seen this. I think I've seen this. So, so I don't know how I got to it, but that's how I got, to, I, I got to it somehow. But here's the thing. When I got to commission, there's only like two or three commissions that I've ever taken that I was like, I don't know if I'm the person for this. I mean, I'll try, but I don't know if the person for this. The thing about it is that there is a blind spot in my pop culture experiences from 1998 to about 2002, maybe 2003, I think 2002. Um, and the reason is that I graduated high school in 1998 and went off to college and had my first mental crisis. Um, and it was a journey and a lot of shit happened between my 18th birthday and me turning 22 years old a lot of shit happened at one point um I was homeless at one point uh with an abusive partner uh another at one point I was living in gosh outside of Lake Charles Louisiana with some Jehovah's Witnesses like (laughs) a lot of fucking shit happened and I don't know. I think I talk about mental health a lot on this podcast, especially mine. And I think that sometimes that bothers people. But I think it's important for me to talk about things like this because um, I want to normalize conversations about mental health. I want to normalize conversations about abusive relationships. I want to normalize conversations about homelessness, about childhood trauma. I, I want it to be okay to talk about those things openly. And a lot of people meet me now and they think they got me figured out, you know? They see me with my Rainbow Coalition children, they see my my house and my minivan and my organized drawers and my ambitiousness at work and my many jobs I have and my hobbies and my schedules and they think they kind of got a, they figured it out. But, if you assume that because of what you see now that I'm someone who's never gone through something like that, you'd be wrong. If you assume that I've never been in an abusive relationship, I've been in several, you'd be wrong. If you assume that like, because you hear me cackling with my mom about somebody that like, that's been an easy relationship all my life and everything's been perfect there, you'd be wrong too. And I think the more I talk about things in an open and honest way, this is the way I, this is the reason I talk about my relationship. I have a long-term relationship. We've been married 15 years in a couple of weeks and people, the way people talk about long-term relationships isn't always honest or transparent. And I try to do those things because if I can normalize these conversations, maybe I can make it easier for the next person going through a mental health crisis, the next person in an abusive relationship, the next person uh, figuring out childhood traumas. Maybe I could do that. And maybe I can add context to myself too. So that you understand where I've come from and what, like, what drives me to where I'm going. But in this case, the reason that's like even applicable is because, um, my early 20s were rough. I missed a lot of things that were happening with like, like 1998 to about 2002, 2003. So when 
Marisol pitched this to me, I was like, yeah, I think I've seen that. And I, I, you know, I could talk about like talking about boy bands is like, you know, right up my alley. I, I, you know, I can draw a straight line from new edition, which I grew up listening to and, and I'm really interested in, which is why I know so much about fucking Bobby Brown. And I could talk like you could, I could testify before Congress about Bobby Brown. I could, I could, I could do it about how he had sex with a ghost, not just a ghost, a white woman ghost. He, he makes sure to make sure we know she was white. Um, I could definitely do that, but there's a through line between new edition and boys to men and Backstreet Boys and BTS today. Uh, by the way, if you listen to the Patreon episode, my pop figures came. I'm salty. Anyway, still mad about it. Um, but yeah, so I'm interested in it, but I don't like, I wouldn't call myself a Backstreet Boy or even in sync, like historian. I don't, I don't know all the stuff. So I was like, I gotta get somebody to do this. This is not one I can do by myself. Lots of these podcasts I could, I could do, I could, you know, just a lovely little conversation with myself. And, but this one, there's a lot of things I'm missing here. There's a lot of things I just don't know. And so I was tweeting about it and David from the Countess and Friends, um, said I'll do it. And that's cool. I've been on David's podcast, loved it. You guys should go check it out. I talked about it when it came out. David's been on this podcast. I don't, we talked about Vanderpump Rules together and I was happy to have him back. He was excellent. We talked for longer than the fucking documentary. And the documentary is really a propaganda piece. There's, it's, there's no, there's no twist. There's no like, and this, like we, we talked about a lot of shit that just weren't in, wasn't in there. Um, I, I I also want to like shout out to David because David, I flaked on David two times. The first time we were supposed to record Countess and Friends, something happened with my husband. I just, I was unable and it already taken a long time to schedule because even though I want to be on other podcasts, sometimes I like a little busy and I got too busy and then I had to wait and then I had to cancel the first time. So that's that. Then, so I, so then he recorded with me and then I recorded with him. Fine. But then this time I'm like, oh, can you record on Friday? And he's like, no, but I can record on Thursday or Saturday. I was like, cool. And then I don't know. I just decided we were still recording on Friday and I'm on and off the internet these days. Uh, it's the end of the year. I try to like really take care of myself and I try to get off the fucking internet. Um, that echo chamber, that everything's terrible, 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 terrible. I tried to stop. I tried to get away from that. And so Thursday night, he's, you know, he's just messaging me on Twitter. Tell me I'm ready when you are, or is everything okay? And I'm just living my life. Cause I don't get notifications from Twitter. I don't get none of that shit. <laughs> Guys, if you tech, if you call me from an unknown number, my phone doesn't ring. And if you message me on Instagram or Twitter, I will never, until I look in there, I'm not going to get it. And so, you know, doop, 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 just living my life. I don't know what the fuck I was doing Thursday night. <laughs> I know I hadn't watched this documentary yet. And <laughs> then Friday, I'm like, yep, got to start recording this time. I'm laying on the floor, 
uh, talking to Bunny, playing with dogs and stuff, being like, guys, I'm going to record in a minute. Let me just, so I just go to, you know, I'm like, you know, let me just make sure uh, David hasn't, like, doesn't need time to change your time or whatever. And I see he was looking for me on Thursday. And as soon as I see them, I'm like, fuck. I got that time wrong. <laughs> but David is gracious enough to like make time to record for me on Saturday. So I'm, this is Saturday night that we did this and this is the intro. And he had a lot of great things to say and he made me laugh a lot, which is like, as soon as you make me laugh, you're good in my book. A lot of things can happen, but if you are funny, I'll forgive. I'll forgive quite a few things. Um, not everything, not everything, but a few things. Um, yeah. And I feel like we had a good time and Mary Saul, I hope this is what you were looking for when you um, sponsored the show. And I hope that like the rest of you guys really enjoy it. All right. Okay. Hey, David. Hi, the princess. Thank you so much for being on the show. You are I, welcome. I appreciate it. I know that mm -hmm. it was tough. Mm -hmm. I, know, I know that you had the power through. I know mm -hmm. that you're here by the grace of God. <laughs> <laughs> It was one of those things where I was like, if this was done for a favor, you don't owe that person a favor anymore. And if this person paid you, I hope they paid you very well. <laughs> no, no, they didn't. Because nobody pays me very well because I I view myself worth as almost nothing. So no one got pays it. me very well. And got so, it, yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, so I, the reason that I knew I couldn't be, I knew I couldn't do this by myself because um the like 1998 to about 2004 is a really like blank spot maybe 2002 mm -hmm. is a blank spot in my pop culture stuff um and so i was like i don't know if i what do i know about the backstreet boys mm -hmm. and and so i you know i call i sent the call i was like listen i need to find somebody who who knows like knows what that guy that smiles in the back knows what his name is and so like <laughs> I just want to be clear. I guy, every people who listen to my podcast know that I found out there were three Jonas brothers two years ago. Okay. Okay. Three. I mean, that's honestly, that's a valid thing to not know because it's like <laughs> there's that one. And then there's a, like, especially now, it's kind of like, yeah. Yeah. I was like, I wasn't ashamed. I didn't, I didn't, I, I didn't know that curly hair guy was in the band. Yeah. Yeah. So like, not knowing all the members of the Backstreet Boys is on par for me. So, mm -hmm. so like, I, I just, I was like, I need someone who like knows the names of everybody and you volunteered yourself as tribute. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I like, so tell us a little bit about your, uh, your relationship with these people. Okay. So I was, um, first of all, I was a strange child. Um, I did not really listen to pop music up until up for a while and I think part of that was my parents because my mom like like I could sing the entire discography of Carol King <laughs> at a very young age oh so you were a Gilmore girl I got it yeah <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah so so um when I was around 15 I started going to this like at, when I was around 15 I came out and I started going to um a queer youth group in Houston okay. and I don't know if it still exists if it does great if it doesn't you know I'm so sorry because it was a great place but it was called the 
Houston Area Teen Coalition of Homosexuals or Hatch. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like something from 30 Rock. That sounds like- I know. <laughs> I don't know if the acronym came first or if the name came first and then they put the acronym, but yeah. It was absolutely the acronym first of homosexuals. I mean, it's also 1995. So like, you know, calling calling us like the teen homosexuals is not a problem. (laughs) Oh, you guys, we got to clean this room up. The teen homosexuals need it after this. Right. (laughs) And actually, we 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 were in we were our meetings were in a church too. So oh, okay, <laughs> all right, awesome. So yeah. you started going there, and they told you about the Backstreet Boys. Kind of. So <laughs> I would also like at the same time I would also go to Barnes and Noble and pick up. There was this magazine called X Y, and it was like mm. gear. It was like seventeen for like gay teen boys. Mm, okay. Um, and when the Backstreet Boys re re came out, because like. You, as we saw in this documentary, this wonderfully <laughs> produced documentary, they did stuff and then they went to Europe and then they came back to the States and they did some more stuff and nobody heard of them. And then all of a sudden they like, they like, they hit it. And it was like one of their first songs was like Backstreet's Back. And everyone was like, back, where did you go? Like, who, who are you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're like, how could you be back? We, it's the first time I've ever seen your face. Right. And they were like, no, we've been a group for like four fucking years. <laughs> yeah. So for some reason, and I'm pretty sure it's because they're evil, disgusting asshole manager, that Lou guy, mm-hmm. um, who they did not touch much. <laughs> Very <laughs> like, much, right? Yeah. He plastered Nick Carter all over <laughs> that magazine. I don't know if he had a producer credit or if he like paid them some of his ill-gotten gains, but like Nick had like, and it wasn't just like, oh, here's a picture. It was like, it was like a cover spread and then an indoor spread and then like multiple issues. So, and he was just like 17, 18 at that point because they'd already been a group for a couple of years. Yeah, I honestly think this is back when he was like 15, oh, which makes okay. it even like, like more like. Uh, yeah. OK, so he's all yeah. over this magazine and you're like, yeah, definitely need to what, get this magazine. Yeah, well, it was more that I was reading the magazine and I was like, uh, and then they got OK. I see. And he was just like there. And I'm all like, who is because I've never really been into like the Nick Carter type. Mm-hmm. You know, but it was still just kind of like, who is this dude with like the middle part hair and yeah. the giant <laughs> hockey jersey and like I don't understand he what's had going that, on here. He had that floppy hair that like did. Sean from um mm-hmm. Boys Meet World had like and mm-hmm. just part down the middle and he was very yeah. blonde mm-hmm. and he was very like I yeah I maybe see, it's I, the good. Go, no, no, like oh, this so, is not my type either. But I, yeah. and, but I'll have to tell you this. I'm going to have to tell you that mm-hmm. I was watching this. I was like, Nick looks good in this. Like mm-hmm. he, he looks good in this. And I see, yeah. I see why people yeah. wanted that so badly, even though like mm-hmm. he is an alleged rapist. Right. So yeah, that was, every time yeah, was... I'm looking at him, I'm like, oh, you're not going to talk about the rape. Okay. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They left out a lot. Yeah, they were just like, nah, skip it. And so actually, to to their credit, I do believe that this happened after. Right. Um, Okay. Yeah. The I mean the um not the the allegations. The allegations happened after. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. yeah. 
So when the actual album came out, and I don't know if we had we like got a single at the thing because we we were every now and then somebody would show up with like stuff for like oh the oh let's give it to the little queers like you know like <laughs> what like I found out about like this isn't like Rufus Wainwright who most people only know because he sang Hallelujah on the Shrek album, <laughs> but. Yeah, that's me. Yeah, he's a singer and he's done some stuff. And I found out about him because like they had the they had like singles and I guess they were doing some sort of promotion thing before then. So I got one of the singles, like the early singles from his very first album. Hmm. So I don't know if we got that or if I was like, oh, I'm going to go out and buy that Backstreet Boys album because I saw him on the cover of XY magazine. Right. Um, But I got it and I liked it more than I really thought. Now. Admittedly, at this time, a lot of what I what I was listening to because I was 15 and because I was a weird child princess. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I, I spent have a talked lot of many times about my love of Bob Newhart as a child. Yeah. So just like say whatever yeah. you need to say. <laughs> I like I listened to a lot of Enya. <laughs> as a kid? As a kid. Like I was like, mm-hmm, yeah. <laughs> <That's fun." laughs> You I listened like, to a lot of Yanni. You were like, <laughs> I want to get up. It's Saturday morning. I'm going to watch some cartoons. I'm going to have some sugary cereal and listen mm-hmm. to Yanni. Yeah. <laughs> well, my parents weren't home. I would put on, I would like drape bed sheets around me and like twirl around the room listening to Yanni. And I... <laughs> yeah, my mother, my mother is still like, what do you mean? There were no signs. And I was like, ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> so oh I bought God. the album. I liked it. And I think then by the time NSYNC actually hit the block or hit the whatever, it would, by the time NSYNC came out, like mm-hmm. I was probably a sophomore. So I already had the Backstreet Boys album and I guess I was already like, well, the Backstreet Boys, I was like, the Backstreet Boys sound better and they had better harmonies. And like, even to this day, I'm still like, I think NSYNC has produced songs, that, like hit songs that are better collectively yeah but the backstreet boys do a better album i so i i feel similarly in Mm -hmm. that but i think the reason i more and i only know three black backstreet boys songs okay yeah so but uh, though the reason i would prefer that which Mm -hmm. is about how many nsync songs i know but the reason i prefer Backstreet Boys is because they remind me just like they were supposed to. Lou Pearlman modeled them mm-hmm. after black, um, yeah, uh, boy groups, and mm-hmm. uh, which all it all goes back to New Edition, which I'm mm-hmm. I grew up listening to, and this is why I know so much so much about Bobby fucking Brown. And so, <laughs> but uh, New Kids on the Block was modeled after New Edition, mm-hmm. and they're both from Boston, and okay. New Kids on the Block got all of the city love and new edition mm. did not and mm. boys to men is a group of one of the members of new edition and they they spawned other like that that whole sound and backstreet mm. boys sound like them yeah 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 and that's why i and this is just so when we go when we we can draw a straight line from new edition mm. to the to bts for me and so mm-hmm. i and a lot of k-pop actually yeah. and so i that this is this is my this is the 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 lining that through all of it that 
draws me. And in mm-hmm. sync, even though they're modeled after Backstreet Boys, is very they ended up be- becoming something just they just were a smidge more poppy, which is mm-hmm. probably why they were more popular. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know why NSYNC took off more because like when you look at like when you like combine when you look at them as like first of all from their base components, it's like the Backstreet Boys as a whole is a little bit more attractive than NSYNC. As a whole. But yeah. the issue is that the young one mm-hmm. was Justin and he was paired with Britney, and that yeah. was very hot. Now that's true. If and I've been saying this for years because JC has a better voice than Justin. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows that. There's no disputing that. Also, mm-hmm. uh, as far as I know, JC isn't an asshole. He seems very quiet, and I like that in my celebrities. So, okay. so if J, I always said if J, what JC should have done is is definitely have sex with Christina Aguilera, definitely mm. run around with her. His okay. solo album would have went better. I that's what I. Yeah. Think. Yeah, see, I can't take I can't take JC seriously because like his first solo was that like I yep. like to watch two girls dance on each other. <laughs> I remember I don't remember what it was, but I remember being like, "This isn't gonna work. This isn't yeah. gonna work, sir." And Justin's first <laughs> single was where he was like, "Look at me, I'm black." And so, yeah. <laughs> and, so we're, and it and it was uh he was he was basically he had a black or um visually someone mm-hmm. that looked like they could be black love interest in the video he mm-hmm. was dead and i was like oh okay well yeah see what's happening here <laughs> yeah. oh so to finish on my backstreet boy story mm-hmm. um not to like because it's it, it, it keeps going <laughs> <laughs> so i got the first album i liked it then like i think when napster came along i downloaded the second album and i was like oh this is still a bop you know this is we're, we're going then my sophomore year of college I had a roommate who was oddly homophobic. I don't know what it was because he was an atheist and like his dad was like a crunchy hippie granola dude who like brought who would like. They came like when they came down, he brought his bike and his dad was like kind of like the kind of like the dad from Malcolm in the Middle in a way. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like there wasn't any like they didn't he didn't give off the because growing up in Texas. Like he didn't give off the like, you know, like I dumb little F type of vibes. He was just, just like, hey, hi. And his son just the, the my roommate was like a creative writing major. And then he joined a frat. And I was like, why are you a creative writing major joining a frat? They're just gonna like Yeah. Uh and so then he became more homophobic. Like, and it became like really whatever. So what I then did was I created a shrine to the Backstreet Boys on my wall. <laughs> and then I went to um, Barnes and Noble and no, no, no. I went to like the gay coffee shop and I bought like a calendar that was like dudes and Speedos. <laughs> and then I was like, then I did like, you know, male pinup models for my screensaver whenever <laughs> my computer was off. And then like I got a tapestry that was like a giant unicorn with a rainbow on it. And I was like, if you're going to be homophobic around me, I'm going to be as like gay as possible. Like it's going to be like boy bands, Speedos and like Judy Garland. So like you better deal with it or you better move. <laughs> did he deal with it or did he move? He, he we were no longer roommates after like he stayed the year. And then I guess he went to the frat house. But like he would sit there with like 
for some strange reason, he became best friends with like the annoying Christian girl in the dorm. <laughs> so they would like he like they would like be sitting there doing homework and he'd be like, I think women should serve me. And she's like, I think you're going to hell. And then they would both kind of like look at me and be just like, I don't I'm um, watching a flash video. Leave me alone. <laughs> I cannot believe you didn't drop out of college immediately. <laughs> it sounds he, like torture. Yeah. He was, I mean, he was just, he was more stupid than he was mean. Yeah. Okay. So, I see. I see what yeah. you're saying. So, so that was that thing. So then like, I kind of not really forgot about them, but at some point in time, like I think in 2010, maybe it's, it's when they were, I guess Kevin wasn't part of the group anymore. It's either Kevin or Nick. And the way that the, yeah. I thought it was Nick because Nick went off to do other things or like his living off of his brother or whatever. Um, you know, as all, that's a whole other relationship. Yeah. And documentary. Yeah. And by the way, guys, I like, I'm backlogged with sponsored episodes. I took this mm. episode before Aaron mm. Carter died. Yeah. And I'm not really on the internet right now because mm-hmm. it's the end of the year anyway. But if I, had been that would have driven me from the internet. That's some dark, dark, dark. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Aaron Carter's been dark for years. Oh God. Yeah. And I mean, Troy has been famously saying that Aaron Carter's gonna kill him. And mm-hmm. I believed it. And mm-hmm. I, the only thing I thought when I heard well, actually, Aaron Carter died. I went to go text Kara. Kara had oh. already texted me, Aaron Carter died, and you need <laughs> to know this. And then I was like, oh my God, it's so dark. I'm like, yeah. I, it's it's stressful. Uh, he seems like he's been in a lot of pain for a lot, a lot of years, but mm-hmm. at least Troy's going to be safe now. And so like, that's so, that's, <laughs> that's all I thought. And then I was like, I can't, like uh, uh, dying in a bathtub with a mm-hmm. bunch of like, after a huffing binge. Right. It's, oof. Apparently, um, the housekeeper that found him was mm-hmm. a local homeless woman that had been introduced to him by someone else that was sh- she, he didn't pay because I didn't wonder how he was paying uh, a housekeeper, but he didn't mm-hmm. pay her. She just stayed there and did stuff around that. Her. Wow, that's that's just even. Yeah, do you guys remember a few years ago there was this big outcry because Aaron Carter was flipping uh, shelter dogs. He was going to like adopt dogs from like rescue groups and stuff, and mm. then he would sell them oh. on the internet. It was like a huge, <laughs> like a bunch of rescue groups were after him. It's like it's always something. And I mm-hmm. and, and you know, we will talk more about Lou Perlman, but when I talk when when I see you know, I'm I'm almost radicalized to the point where I'm just like, we shouldn't mm. allow children to be on TV or TikTok oh, yeah. or anywhere. Because yeah. how do it seems like what you get? So sure, we get a cute video or we get a cute child star, and then they mm-hmm. get exposed to every bad person and thing in the entire <laughs> world, and mm-hmm. we just let it keep happening to them over and over again, so that we can mm-hmm. watch Lizzie McGuire. Like yeah. it. So, but Aaron Carter is the example, right? Like, yeah, and especially since he got it, like. I know saying like, oh, well, Nick got into only like 14 is still really young. But like Aaron was like either he was a lot younger than than Nick or when the Dream Street was happening. He just looked a lot younger. Mm. But like I remember when Dream Street came out, it looked like they all looked like they were eight. It's probably both. 
Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to see there. He was 34, and Nick is how old? Nick's like, I think Nick's like old. Like, I think Nick is, I think like, I'm I think they're like the 10 years. He's 42. So they're, they're like eight years apart. So, okay. like, yeah, when um, Nick is 13, 14, getting mm-hmm. into this group, um, Aaron's like six. Okay. Because Dream Street didn't come out that long after because it was early 2000s because by the time by the time like the instinct backstreet boys things had kind of died down after millennium mm-hmm. yeah that's when dream street came out because i remember like seeing their commercials yeah like at on the disney channel and it, yeah wow okay so he was not yeah, oof. yeah. no i I'm, I'm agreeing yeah yeah and so i i took this before this so like mm-hmm. uh all i have to say about aaron carter is that i'm very darked out by it I'm mm-hmm. also someone that like I just I don't think we we've cracked the code on addiction. I think mm-hmm. people like really simplify it and they're just like, well, you just need to do this. Nobody mm-hmm. just needs to do like it's it's not an easy, yeah. simple, straightforward thing for everyone. And I'm glad mm-hmm. it was simple and straightforward for whoever like I know people listen to this and they'll be like, my uncle, my my friend in college, my whoever. I'm glad it was straightforward, but it's not for most people. Yeah. And it's tough. And he also came like if you did you watch House of Carters? No, I didn't. I it was rough. And I think mm. like what I'm pretty sure one of their other sisters died of uh an overdose not too long mm. ago. Well, not too long ago. Okay, a couple decades ago, a decade and a half ago or something, but mm. it was a while. It was after that show. And watching that show, Nick was scary. He was always trying mm. to beat up people. And his whole family, I mean, there, there's a lot of shit there, okay? Yeah. And they make, it's it's one of those entertainment families, you know, just shit mm-hmm. after shit after shit. And so, like, he's been through so much. I believe him when he says he's been abused by all these people in the industry. I, mm-hmm. And also, the fact that he died from, like, huffing. Yeah. I mean, we don't know what he died of, but yeah, but that seems to be contributing. Mm-hmm. Uh, is it's it's so like uh undignified? Mm-hmm. Does, you know what I'm saying? Like, like, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, like you you die of some drug related thing, and it's not like fentanyl. It's mm-hmm. it's you drowned while huffing to the point yeah, like it, it really it's undignified. It's really easy for someone to go to a joke with that, you know. Mm-hmm. And so, like, ah, uh, yeah, I would have, I would have had to like take a break from the internet anyway because this was a lot. But yeah, that I did not. I this where I'm not doing this episode because Aaron Carter. Died. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. But um, I will say the last thing I'll say about like my Backstreet Boy journey. I got back into them when they had their. I forget what the album is called, which shows you how much great of a fan I am. But mm-hmm. they had an album where it was just the four of them. Right. And yeah, actually, no, now that I think about it, I think Kevin was not the one in it. Kevin was, because Kevin says he left in 2006. And my first question was, y'all were still doing this in 2006? And so yeah. it was just the four, the other mm-hmm. four, yeah. going on with their lives. Yeah. So they released an album um, that was actually, I thought it was pretty good. Like for, you know, I don't want to say aging because they were all on like, for Kevin, they were all in like their like early 30s at that point in time. And you know, it was a it was a it's very poppy, it's backstreet boys, it's not like mm. it's not like anything, anything, but it was a good album. 
and like it was a, it was a good album for like yeah um it's not black and blue not the hits not millennium black and blue uh, this is us this is us and it was just the four of them yeah yeah they're the, i think they're still touring right now yeah well for a while they were touring with um new kids on the block yeah new kids yeah because i i remember a woman that i worked with uh she was i think i was working at the nbc store okay and she worked in the stock room and she talked about how she was going to go see the new kids in the block concert and she didn't know that backstreet boys were opening for them and so she went to like radio city music hall and like saw new kids on the block and like you know she had never been to a concert before and she was like you know like hey i'm 40 i like i love new kids on the block it's it's time for me to go to a concert with my own money and do my own thing and have this experience <laughs> And the new kids in the, on the block or uh, Backstreet Boys came out to open, and she was like, "I'm a, I can die happy." <laughs> well, the thing is, and this is I had to correct myself when I was watching mm-hmm. this stuff. It's like if you they have many hits, and by many I mean more than three. The three that I know, they have songs that mm-hmm. people can sing, right? That, yeah. That, that and if you have songs like that, you can tour fucking for. You only need like two of those, and you can tour yeah. forever. Hmm. And and I mean, are you going to be selling out big stadiums? No, but people are going to show up to the shows. Yeah. And I mean, they put out after Black and Blue, because it was like Backstreet's Back, Millennium, Black and Blue, which Black and Blue is also a good album, I think. Um, That's got Show they, Me the Medium Being Lonely, right? I think so. Okay. Yeah. Uh, actually, what's on that one? I'm going to have to look this up, because the thing is, I just remember them There's in the video. Shape of My Heart. Shape of my heart. <laughs> that was yeah. to that movie. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and it's got honestly my favorite Backstreet Boys song because mm-hmm. it reminds me of R. Kelly trapped in the closet. And I don't like mm-hmm. R. Kelly anymore because you know I'm evolved. <laughs> right. So I love the call because it's just yes. basically like, let's make a you know what? Let's tell mm-hmm. a story. And yeah. let's, let's make some very, very long lyrics and mm-hmm. choruses and bridges. And I yeah. fucking love that fucking song. Yeah, and I also love that one because it op- when they opened up, they got just like one of their girlfriends to record some audio. So she's like, "Hello, <laughs> where are you?" <laughs> I, yeah, after Black Blue, yeah. they came out with like a hits chapter one, and I don't know. I'm sure they've gone on to do like chapter two or whatever. But like, they had enough in 2001 to like actually put out in a whole best of and you know yeah you can sit there and say like what are the Backstreet Boys have? but like no they had enough to put out a full album of nothing but hits and some new songs yeah and mm-hmm. then they did Never Gone which is the and they did Never Gone and Unbreak they did Never Gone with Kevin mm-hmm. still there then they did yeah. Unbreakable and This Is Us without Kevin yeah and then Kevin comes back right before they yeah. do this thing the other song okay the other song mm-hmm that I know all the words to because there are only like two lines in the whole song. It's mm-hmm. I want it that way. And yeah. that's a song that's great when you're driving on a long way and it comes mm-hmm. on and everybody in the car, cause there's only two lines. Mm-hmm. <laughs> everybody in the car is singing yeah. it and you are having, you're feeling it. You're on the highway. That's the other song that I really like. Cause I'm like, I know all the words, so let's go. Yeah. yeah. And it's also the one that they made fun of um, on Oh God, that that one band. Why am I blanking on their name? They made fun of that and the Christina Aguilera genie video. There were some like 
grungy sounding band mm-hmm. and like it's not bare naked maybe it is bare naked like, it might no, be oh but there were like like blink 182 i think it might be blink one yeah i think it's blink 182 all the right thing all the small things yes that makes sense yeah and and we're probably wrong but that makes sense though because they used to do stuff like that yeah because like there's one scene where like one of them is like doing the christina aguilera in a field of daisies from her like genie video and they start eating the flowers yeah yeah okay they get all i'll get off the plane like in the I want you that way video, but like there's one girl who's holding a sign saying, I want you that way, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I I also really love the video because mm-hmm. everyone's they're off the plane, right? Mm-hmm. Everyone's like losing their mind around them, right? Because it's, yeah. it's you know, we're famous and we want it that way. But there are people like crying and like mm-hmm. it looks like they need medical attention because they're having like a nervous <laughs> breakdown and kevin is doing this shuffle in front of them like i don't give a fuck if you die or not i'm dancing <laughs> i love he's just like fuck it fuck it i'm done all right uh-huh. you guys are all screaming i don't care shuffle 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 and mm-hmm. i love that part because i'm like that's where it, that's where they broke him right there right there yeah <laughs> kevin cracks me up i gotta say like just the concept of Kevin, just he's uh yeah. What, like like when they go through like the like here's where we found all of them, it's like here's how we do doing a school play, and here's Nick <laughs> Carter, and he's like in tap class, and Kevin's yeah. like, I had already had a two kids in a divorce. <laughs> they, they caught me over when I was working in Universal Orlando. <laughs> That's so fucking true. Because here's the thing. When my I'm gonna post this too, because my favorite ever, because a while ago I was looking, I was looking at like boy band stuff, and uh-huh. I came across this is I was supposed to be at like work. I was supposed to be working. And me and mm-hmm. my coworker were like, uh, we'll just say that we're really busy, but we're really gonna be looking up boy band stuff. I came yeah. across a promotional video and they showed in this doc where they're all sitting there. Um, they look like they do not know each other. Kevin mm. looks like he is Nick's father. Kevin is a grown <laughs> fucking man. I, f- I actually feel uncomfortable looking at it. I'm like, why are you that close to that little boy like that? <laughs> how do you know him? Why is he here with you? Like, I feel very uncomfortable with that picture. How he's wearing puff sleeves and a fucking vest. Uh-huh, and... Uh-huh. um. AJ looks like he's he's modeling for Adelia's catalog, and Brian, re- Brian, short king Brian, right? I was about to say Brian. Brian is like the epitome of like short king energy. <laughs> short king, no, but he does he does have big dick energy though. Like yeah, yeah. He's he like no Brian's never. You know how people are always like I'm short, so women won't date me. So I'm mm. five two and say I'm six foot tall on Tinder, mm. and then I get mad when people get mad at me when I show up. You know yeah. how there are lots of men that like that really feel their height is mm-hmm. absolutely holding them back. This has never occurred to Brian, not once. Yeah. He is he's like what five foot six, and he is like I know that Jesus Christ will make up for that, and <laughs> yeah. If he says he's five foot six, he is obviously five four. I really mm. wish I knew how tall he was because he is so. And then it doesn't help that Nick came in as a child and then immediately mm-hmm. grew to be very very tall. Yeah. And Kevin is so. I think I think Kevin's tallness adds to the fact mm-hmm. that he was also he was twenty he was twenty one right. 
Yeah, he was like 21 or 22. Like, right. Okay. So he had like five jobs. He He just been, he'd been everyone at Disney. Everyone. Mm -hmm. (laughs) He's like, on the, my first month, I was Belle. Then I went on to be Jasmine. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, okay, Kevin. So when they started, Kevin's 21, Howie's Mm -hmm. 20, um, Nick is 14. Brian's 19 and AJ is 16. AJ's yeah. younger than I thought he was when they first yeah. started. Um, I want to say this about AJ. AJ uh needs facial hair. Yes, yeah. He needs facial hair, but he needs like he needs the facial hair he has now and not the yes. facial hair he had in 1999. Yes, because uh he definitely looked like a carnival barker of some sort. <laughs> <laughs> and now that... like that beard really suits him. Yeah, and like that look that he had where it was like, okay, baby, I know that you're like 24 and you're already getting a receding hairline, but yeah. like yeah, this like Mr. Burns as Dracula look with the goatee <laughs> does not. I can't believe Backstreet's back, right? Mm-hmm. They were like, let's go. <laughs> let's pretend to be uh it's not villains, it's monsters, right? Yeah, yeah. Let's pretend to be monsters and let's do isn't that the thriller dance? It's like a variation on the thriller dance. In a it's house. like because yeah. thriller is like you make your claws and you go up to one side and up to the other mm. side, and they're doing this like like get your claws down and pull yourself over. Yes. Get your and pull yourself over. I I knew the I knew the backstory. You were so before. good at describing that too. Like, like <laughs> this is, yes, that's exactly the the claws pull you. Yeah. Uh huh. Uh huh. So I cannot believe that's what hit. Hmm. Well, actually, quit playing games with my heart is mm-hmm. what because they were upset. Um. Because, listen, watching clips of that video, I'm embarrassed for all of us. Okay, (laughs) I'm really embarrassed. Nick, like the sexy, I'm really embarrassed. I was like, this played on MTV a lot, and nobody called the police. This is dude, (laughs) this is bad. And Kevin is the best looking one in that video because Kevin is an adult. Yeah, (laughs) it also cracked me up that I, I think it was Kevin who, like, when talking about the video, is like this is not the image that we needed to project. And like, look at us doing all these, like, like, you know, taking our shirts off at the rain. And like 20 minutes later, he's like, oh yeah. And this is how you say I need a blowjob in German. Like, I know. I know. Like, but, sir. you know, Kevin is, uh, I mean, he's from, he's Brian's from a fucking city in Kentucky. Yeah. Kevin is from the woods in Kentucky. Yeah. And I feel like Kevin's very conservative. Um, although it's Brian that's QAnon. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Kevin's the one that's like, I think Kevin's regular conservative. I, I think people mm-hmm. want to be believe that Kevin's liberal. I think mm-hmm. Kevin's like regular conservative and he thinks Brian's crazy, not Kevin's yeah. liberal and he thinks Brian's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, I um, yeah, like so. I, I'm watching those clips. I was like, this is super embarrassing. Um, mm-hmm. I I can't. I am embarrassed for them. But mm-hmm. like we, like you were saying, that's four or five years into. That's three or four years into them already. They'd gone to Europe, which was you know, Europe is more always more opening to like boy bands and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. And at the time, this was right before 
boy bands and pop groups really hit, hit, hit. And mm. uh, so they were in Europe. They were selling out things. They were getting blowjobs in German. They were. Doing, <laughs> I mean, I, I'll, I'll say this. Like when I'm thinking of the. So, guys, part the documentary is three parts. OK, one is how this all how we got here. The other is let's go visit our hometown so we can talk about where we came from, which I was like why and then the third part is um like you guys all know each other what are you talking you, you've been in a band for 20 years why do you need to show each other where you came from you've been there a million times probably right right and then the third part is we are start we're doing a new album um a 20 year anniversary and we're going to start a tour so it's three and they but the problem is i would expect that we start with how we this is how we got here and then mm. we get to like let's let's visit our old hometowns and then we start talking about the future but they don't do that they go mm -hmm. they intersperse it all together yeah it's confusing but um so yeah like i think at one point in time uh, now i can't remember which one it was but like there was like this drastic tonal shift where it was sort of like it was it, it was either they go from like um yeah, and then we found out that Lou Pearlman was stealing all of our money, and then he went to jail for forever, and now he's dead. I, I think he's dead. I don't, I don't know. But like, and then like stuff, then like you know, bad stuff happening, and it's all like you know. And then we're gonna dance all here. Yeah. Or it was like something like really happy, like yeah. And then we hit it big, and it was really amazing. And then it cuts immediately to like Nick and Brian, like fuck you, fuck you. <laughs> yeah, and they're like, okay. So I want to talk about Lou Pearlman a smidge, yeah. okay? okay. We're going to talk about Lou Pearlman more, more than they did, okay? Mm -hmm. um, I love, I don't love, uh, I am very, very interested in white-collar crime. I find that mm -hmm. to be the most interesting crime because I'm always, I, I just want people, I just want to know about people who commit crimes so they could buy a C-Do, okay? Right. And, like, and get, like, models to like them and buy, like, a house that looks like a cheesecake factory. And you're like, oh, mm -hmm. You like bankrupted all these ch like widows and children, mm. and so you could get a house that looks like a fucking cheesecake factory. And so Lou Pearlman is my is is one of my favorites. Okay, yeah. Um, when I say Florida businessman, and that's what any sketchy man that does that like you kind of don't know what his job is, and he lives in Florida. I'm talking about Lou Pearlman. Um, yeah. They sell they sell cedus. They own real estate. They own 10% of the Backstreet Boys. I'm talking about Lou Pearlman. You kind of like, where does your money come from? And they're like, I'm very important. And you, you'll you never know. They just, they just always show up in like a fast car. Mm -hmm. And so Lou, Lou Pearlman. That looks a lot better than they ever did. Yes. Yes. Lou Pearlman has been scamming people since he was a child. <laughs> I, like, like if you, there's a, I, I've forgotten the name, but I'll put it in the, in the, um, in the uh in the show notes but there's a very good long-form article about him in a documentary as well in which he he he's been scamming people since he's with child his mm. early scams involve blimps yeah like it's it's it is so interesting and what happened is that he decided he wanted to be in the boy band business and mm -hmm. he wanted to it, it was more about what he wanted to be and this is why i believe he had so, he had some kind of um uh attraction uh, or he was doing something with nucleus on the block but not 
like involved in them. And then he decided mm -hmm. I can do that. I can make this. Yeah. And I'm well, they, they talk about, um, he brought in people who had worked with new kids on the block and, um, Jodeci and yeah. Why am boys I blanking on everyone? Else? Yeah. Boys to men, like all of these other, like the only one they didn't mention was Menudo. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They should have mentioned Menudo. Menudo's like a, a very, <laughs> they should have mentioned them. He's talking about yeah. Johnny Wright and his wife. Uh, nobody mm -hmm. talks about his wife, but Johnny Wright, we, we've seen, we see him all the time when we're talking about your, uh, when you're talking about Backstreet, NSYNC, mm -hmm. Britney, like Johnny Wright is, you know, a big deal uh, in terms of management and stuff. And yeah, so Lou decides to put this together. Um, he, where does his money come from? He's he's got a Ponzi scheme going. He's blimps. doing some fraud with some blimps. He's he's doing a lot of different things, guys. And so he puts the group together. And what it is is that he's also like a real like fatherly type figure too. Mm -hmm. Like he's he's like come over to my house, boys. We'll eat pizza and watch porn. And yeah, that know. was yeah uh, okay yeah yeah. yeah and Aaron yeah, yeah. Carter has talked about watching porn at Lou Perlman's house and. Mm -hmm. Uh, if Nick was 14, how was, okay. So anyway, going to have to put a content warning on this one. Anyway, so, mm. <laughs> so, so like what he was like, he's like, he, he, he's like a fatherly figure, but like a weekend dad, you know, like you could do whatever the fuck you want over here. Mm -hmm. um, and so he really drew them in and he, yeah, he was, in, he was making a name, spending money for himself around town. People really, they talked about, getting pulled over, driving super fast, like go to jail fast. And they, they the cop was like, where are you coming from? And they're like, Lou Perlman's house. And they're like, okay, go ahead and go. Mm -hmm. Because at the time, he seemed like really rich there. And he gets Johnny Wright to come in, uh, who, who used to manage New Kids on the Block as well, and his wife, and they start managing them. And that's how they get to Europe. But what, oh, one more thing. Let's talk about, uh, the sexuality rumors with Lou Pearlman. Lou Pearlman, mm -hmm. um, people often speculate about his sexuality. It's not mm -hmm. known. But I, what I do know is that he was having sex or he was uh, having sexual contact with young boys. And I mm -hmm. don't, you know, obviously, pe I, what I don't like about that documentary is they're like, well, he was a closeted gay man. And so yeah. that's what, like, I'm like, no, <laughs> that's actually not what happens when you're closeted. You don't, you don't have um, inappropriate uh, sexual encounters and, or mm -hmm. like even sexual contact with boys. That's not, that's, it's not. Uh, yeah. Like, like the, 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 we were watching uh, the, the whole, like we were watching porn in the basement of this guy's house thing. That's like. When I was in the Boy Scouts, they used to show us these videos of like how to recognize sexualists, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that was straight from one of those yes. videos. Because they want to show you, they 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 try to show you like porn or something to like mm. uh you know, to to change mm. to set moods and to be like, hey, what do you think about this? And try to mm. test you for things. And so, like, I don't like speculating about sexuality. I actually I want to talk about what we know. What we know mm -hmm. is that he took advantage of young boys over and over again. Um, there are many on record and uh, they would talk about how in each group, cause he had NSYNC, he had Backstreet Boys, he had LFO. Remember that? Remember yeah. them? 
yeah so and two of lfos are two of the lfo guys are or the light funky ones are dead oh i didn't know that yeah and the the last one is like full-on crazy so um but they would say that in each group that he would put together he would uh there there was always going to be one that he's like sacrificing that's and that i don't want to say anything further (laughs) you know what i'm saying um and it was known it was just kind of known lou perlman's house was neverland it was mm-hmm. the literal never neverland and also the figurative one it was just young guys hanging out having and no women no they're just a bunch of young guys there all the time having fun and lou would come mm-hmm. out with his um with his uh sometimes he come out in his bathrobe and just be naked underneath there i'm like hey guys i'm just joshing you look at my penis like and Lots of them would be like, you know, uh, when you think about like, okay, I know you know what I'm talking about because you just mentioned mm-hmm. about frat, that, that guy joining the frat and how the first thing you thought was like, why would you do that? Mm-hmm. When when I think of like a a bunch of uh, testosterone-filled straight men together, I get scared because yeah. <laughs> I just think they're gonna, because they, you know how they love to like, fuck with each other and and do things mm. and then and then it just always goes too far and, and like yeah a hate crime happens right after that they're like they're all having a good time and then suddenly they're doing a hate crime you're like how did we get yeah. from here to here suddenly there's somebody who's dead and nobody knows how it happened and yeah. they're like let's get some bats and hit some asian people and you're like wait <laughs> we were just playing pool how did you come and so i get real nervous like around that type of energy that jackass type of energy i get real nervous mm. about it because i know and so when i think of lou perlman's house i in those days i get real nervous i think there are going to be crimes committed here and then lou's coming out trying to pretend like he's like roughhousing and stuff and what he's really doing is trying to figure out which one of you he's going to try to take advantage of which yeah. one of you he's going to try to violate um i do want to mention that aaron carter uh also like like Backstreet Boys end up suing Lou because Lou is taking all their money. Mm-hmm. Um, they they once they've made a lot of money, excuse me, once they've got a little bit of money where they're buying cars and houses and stuff, but they're like, this isn't a, it's not really money. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, that's it's like yeah. You know, you gave me like a hundred thousand dollars, but I'm mm-hmm. pretty sure you're making millions and millions and millions of dollars. Right. So they find out that Lou has been embezzling money. Lou mm-hmm. has in the contract that they signed without looking at it, obviously, because they were children. Um, they that he was paying himself as one sixth member, like it was six members and he was one of them. Because, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that that's obviously what. Yeah. In other documentaries, I some of the guys will be like, I didn't see him on stage with us. I didn't uh, see him. And I'm like, OK, I know you're mad. I mean, it's a little <laughs> bit like. I was kind of in a way I'm a little surprised that they were I'm not I'm not surprised I shouldn't say that I'm not surprised but like after we all saw Gary oh god why am I blanking on everyone's name today shoot the child actor whose parents stole all of his money the one that um are you you're not talking about Macaulay Culkin or are you talking about the one who has the law after him 
No, this was like in the early 80s. Um, yeah, that's the guy who has the, the law after him. The kid on Webster. Was he on Webster? Uh, that's Emmanuel Lewis. He doesn't have a law. No, the other one. Oh, that's oh, uh, Gary. That's Gary, Gary Coleman. Coleman. He was on Gary, um, he was different, on different strokes. strokes. Yeah. 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 They stole all his like, money. Yeah. After Gary Coleman and then Macaulay Culkin, the fact like I'm a. I want to be surprised that we allowed people to still continue to do this with the, with 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 children, yeah. but yeah. I'm not surprised. But and yeah. and they don't live in and like Nick did not reside in California, and it's Coogan, mm-hmm. the Coogan laws. Those 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 things don't apply to him. Yeah. So well, also when we see Nick's home too, like he brings up, and I know this is like well before other things happening, but like he's like. If I hadn't have left to go with the Backstreet Boys, you know, everyone else that I know here is like a drug addict and or dead. Yeah. I mean, I believe him. I absolutely believe him. Mm-hmm. I think his visit home was the toughest. Yeah. Um, Because, I mean, he's like crying in the street in front of mm-hmm. his old house because he's estranged from his parents. He's mm-hmm. um like, okay, so the part where... Nick says, oh, you know, I got into the group. I was either going to, I had a choice of signing to be a Mouseketeer um, mm. or going to the, try this group thing. And my mom, because he said he was around 11 before, like, things started getting, and so his mom did let him decide. He's like, I don't know why she would let an 11-year-old decide. I'm like, you don't know, Nick? You have a bad mm-hmm. mom. You have a really yeah. bad mom who uh, did all kinds of did, Letting you decide whether or not what to do was probably one of the least offensive things she ever did to you. Okay. Right. <laughs> and, and so like he, he's, he has a bad, his parents, uh, they needed money. And that's one of the reasons he wanted to like do things like this. I, I, I mean, he's an alleged rapist. Okay. Mm-hmm. But I can also say, I feel bad for that kid that yeah. has to go with Lou and has to bring his little brother and not not to mention when your two options especially at an ele- at 11 are mouseketeer or boy band member yeah you're not coming out of that like yeah i mean you're coming out of it like you're you're going to have some money by the end of it but it's going to be a long dark road <laughs> and you need to make sh- like invest in a therapist like you know what if he had became a musketeer and he ended up in in sync? I don't and know then, if he wouldn't have like gone all the way to in. I mean, yeah, like, but other musketeers that like I've heard it. It's like when I hear about like people talking about the musketeers, especially the '90s musketeers, oh, it yeah. sounds like it sounds like the kids that I have met who go to prestigious ballet schools where it mm. becomes nothing but like. 17 year olds doing a lot of cocaine and having mm. a lot of sex and I see what you're saying. Yeah. I see what you're saying. Um so like what happens is that they they did not get enough money. They uh in particular what was alleged is that they had they got $75 a week while they were just on tours doing like a uh like really dumb high, high school, school and things like that. But all in all, they'd only been paid three hundred thousand okay. dollars, and I don't know if that was each or if that was like um, amongst all five of them. Either way, three hundred thousand dollars by the time they had hit was like ridiculous, and yeah. so they hired a lawyer. Um, the thing about Lou, the reason I'm like pretty sure Lou is dead, and I'll, let me double check. He died. I looked it up on Wikipedia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I looked it up. What did he die of? 
I don't know, evil. But the devil was like, it's time, like it's time for you to come home, my son. He's <laughs> like, hey Lou, you know me. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> so, oh, it was an affection of the heart bomb. So by the but the the reason I knew he was dead is that Lou was also very litigious with them. Like mm-hmm. He was not like, oh, man, you caught me. He was like, no, actually, I'm going to sue you. And so um, Aaron had to sue him as well because Aaron was under Lou. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know if LFO ended up uh, suing them, but lots of people ended up suing him. Um, Mm -hmm. People who thought they, I think he was also selling shares of the Backstreet Boys. Um, Like he would be like, like 120 150 200 shares which doesn't work out mathematically and so like he a lot of things oh he there was some plane fraud i mean guys you gotta look up luke perlman he did a lot of shit yeah he's like wasn't he also involved in the first making of the band yeah yeah because he he had he has connections to or had connections to o-town and yes whole town and i don't know who the who the main person was in that the one that had the white boy with dreads but i remember mm. them like telling him that he was not like good enough and that he mm. and that he was too i i remember this scene they're outside and they're basically like trying to break him down and build him up and it was like nobody wants to be broken down or i think his name is jacob no one wants mm. to be broken down or built up whatever but yes the first making of the band because after that it's diddy making the band. yeah it's diddy with um what's their faces um so people that got to go across the Brooklyn Bridge to get a cheesecake. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> you know oh, what man. I'm talking about. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Take. He's also involved with Take 5. And then apparently these girl groups that are like solid harmony with a capital E at the end. <laughs> yeah. I heard that Britney was going to be in one of those groups. Yeah. Like, it's. It looks like. The Wikipedia is saying innocence, but it's spelled I N N O S E C E. They're like, was what, like what kind of letters can we very, put in? Very, very shortly involved at the beginning. <laughs> Good. I'm glad that she got away. I mean, listen, she didn't get away, but at least she got away yeah. from that. You know what I mean? But yeah, so like that kind of implodes. And the guys don't really talk about it, they just talk about mm-hmm. feeling betrayed and that, mm-hmm. like, you know, they'd had this kind of big pop. He also liked to be called Big Papa, by the way. Okay. They had this kind of relationship with him. And to find out that he, like, really didn't give a fuck was really mm-hmm. difficult. And I think at the time, this is also when the first, uh, when, it, when the first outcries of, like, like the, listen, what Lou was doing was known the entire time, I believe. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know how, you know exactly what I mean when I say that, like, yeah. People know something's going on. Maybe they don't know exactly. And also, I can imagine, like, you know something bad's going on, but you also don't want to know what it is. You just mm-hmm. know something bad is happening. So you're like, mm-hmm. I don't, yeah. So, but I think it became more known as these lawsuits and everything happened. And so he ends up, he. this is not what Lou Perlman went to jail and got 25 years for. Lou Perlman went to jail for a fucking Ponzi scheme. Later, mm-hmm. in 2007, I think. So way later but um this is they tell this part of the story and then what happens is that they become what's that next album it's not millennium yeah it's millennium yeah millennium was their uh i hate to say second one because it's not the second one but it's it's yeah it's the second one everybody knows right it's the one that we're talking about um where they're pouring water on themselves for absolutely no fucking reason (laughs) and so 
for a lot of us, we heard of Backstreet Boys and then this happened and then they did another album. And this is the album where they're by themselves for the first time. They have a lot of money. They're well known and they're flying through the air like pink at an award show. And <laughs> I was like, pink, is this where you got this shit from? Is this why every time you show up somewhere, you're on fucking ropes and swinging <laughs> through the air? Is this why? <laughs> but they're doing that. And that's the one that has um, the one where AJ gets to scream at the beginning. He's so happy to do it. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. And they're in space. Mm hmm that one so that i think it, that i think is millennium okay so he's yeah. like able to do all that stuff and mm -hmm. th then they start talking about like drug problems right right and what bothered me didn't bother me excuse me we talk mm -hmm. about aj's drug problems and at the time i was like okay so now let's talk about nick and we don't get to nick nick alludes to it later but nick was having the same fucking problems mm -hmm. and in fact all of you were on drugs yeah. And if and you it's, say you're not, it's a lie. And the other thing too with that is I don't know how else to put it, but like you can you look at Nick and you know this man has gone through drugs. He has gone through addiction. He has maybe come out the other side, but this is somebody who has stared addiction in the face and and then beat up Paris Hilton. Right. Like <laughs> He has that look, and I'm not like I haven't personally been through this, but I have been known so many people, and you can a lot of them you can see it in their face, you can see it in kind of like where the fat is distributed. And I know that mm. sounds terrible, and it's not a bad thing, but it's like there are a lot of people that you can tell, and Nick Carter is somebody that you can tell. <laughs> I, I know what you're saying. You're not saying he looks bad, that's not what you're yeah. saying. You're saying that he just has a look that yeah lots of people have and that if mm -hmm. you recognize it you fucking recognize it and yeah. yeah i agree it like so aj is aj is the one so okay so when we talk about backstreet boys and nsync um mm. aj's counterpart is chris kirkpatrick right which <laughs> is so weird it, it makes sense hair. but it's so weird saying that <laughs> because it's with the hair the one that's yeah. change all the time remember every every boy band had to have one who had wild hair and yeah speaking of chris kirkpatrick i just saw an ad yesterday or two days ago that chris kirkpatrick is doing some sort of like broadway or off-broadway christmas show called chris kirkpatrick mess <laughs> okay and it was like right after I'd finished watching this video and I this, this documentary and I was like, huh, that's happening, I guess. <laughs> so I got, you know, I got to look this up because I need to know Chris. Kerp oh, my goodness. I forgot about that face. Mm -hmm. He was in Gone Country, too. No, he was just at the premiere. Never mind. <laughs> um, da -da -da, other ventures. I don't know. How do you can I, then I'm looking at other ventures? How do you think they they make their money? I know they're making money. These all these boy banners, sure, you make money off of ticket sales, right? That's mm. fine money for us. Like you and I, whatever mm. money they made from that, we'd be fine. But also yeah. remember, they're dividing this by fucking five. Yeah. How do you think Brian? Brian's got kids and a family, and he's and, health problems and health problems. How do you think Brian makes ends meet? I think that's why they are <laughs> 
40 something <laughs> trying to recreate their choreography from when they were 18. <laughs> David's like, we're looking at how he's making his feet. Yeah. Put the... I would not be. So... Oh, the other thing. So we all we were talking about how this how this doc is like not great and mm. very much propaganda to go with this tour. I wouldn't be surprised if they self-funded this. Would you? Yeah. No, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. This has a yeah, this has a self-funded feeling. Yeah. So um AJ was having drug problems. He's also the person that had the hardest part. He had the hardest, he had the hardest time with the boy bander identity, right? Mm-hmm. You know, this is when Eminem is like beating them up in like uh in, yeah. in, in video. Eminem, we let that happen. We let that right. happen. I saw Eight Mile in the theaters. Me too. Me too. <laughs> and I and like I was like, yeah, just because he kills his his baby mama on all the records, we don't. What she did stuff to him. Like I yeah. really, I really was like, it's fine. <laughs> and and I'm not gonna like. I know a lot of people will lie and be like, oh, I never. No, babe. Eminem mm. was a very big star. Yeah. You either you contributed to it or you stood there. And watched like when mm. JC said he had he had thug appeal and he had and, and when <laughs> we all watched it and we did nothing. Remember, he said you fill in my Tims and my baggy jeans. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Even if you were three years old, if you did not immediately call an assassin and try to take a hit out on that man, you're part of the problem. Well, that's like. To to back up a little bit, was it like I thought it was so funny watching the home video footage of like them at all of the high schools, because <laughs> you could tell like every high school student is in there looking like looking at these like teenage boys and one twenty five year old wearing like baggy <laughs> jeans and hockey shirts and are just like or really baggy suits. Yeah, <laughs> they're just like, why are we here? Yeah, whose project is this? Like, oh, and remember, so like guys, they tell us a story. They're like. One time, we had to go to the hood, and there was a lot of <laughs> black people there. Okay, black them. They were so black. There was maybe two white people there. So we're all there, and they're like, they're looking at us because you know we're white. And then, and then our PA went out, and you know, black people, if you if your PA goes out, psh, psh, they riot. So they was gonna riot and everything. And so we started singing acapella like Selena did when she was saying <laughs> "Como la Flor," and she kept that riot from happening. And guess what? We all shook hands. Everything was fine. We were all friends now. That's then when they told the story, it was like, whoa, edit, edit, edit. That did it was like that did not happen. Like they're talking about it like like they were Lisa Stansfield at the Apollo. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yes. I love I love watching that performance of Lisa Stansfield and she right. deserved it. She deserved every yeah. picture. <laughs> oh my goodness, been around the world. I love it so much. Right. <laughs> But that's how they're talking. Exactly. They're, they're mm-hmm. like, we soothe them. And they just, <laughs> they just, I mean, they were like savages. And then they just sat down and listened to us sing. <laughs> it was so wild. And obviously this was, this came out in 2015. And this came out in 2022. No one would allow that to hit them. <laughs> no. <laughs> no one would allow that to go on. But yeah, so they talk about those high school things that they were going on and and basically, you're right. Like when when we see the footage, they're all listening to Dre and Eminem, mm. and it's it's a lot. And yeah, uh, Dick is extremely young in those videos. <laughs> extremely. Young. Yes, yes. Dick, 
they probably had to sign a power of attorney to take like Nick's mm-hmm. mom signed custody over to Johnny Wright because right. he left town with their child. Yeah, they went on tour and then they went to Europe and like he was still under 18. Yeah, and I, I think um AJ had just turned 18 when they went to Europe. Yeah. It's so much like mm-hmm. I you know, my kids love they don't they don't have access to social media, but mm-hmm. they're just now getting access to YouTube. I mean, they're kids, so they uh, they see other kids looking at stuff and everything. Right. And like they're so excited about YouTube and they want to make videos and stuff. And I just want to be like over my motherfucking dead body. Like, will mm-hmm. I ever allow you to get on screen and be a child actor? <laughs> like I yeah. like you know that you know no, that yeah. face they make and 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 how they have to like how they talk. I hate the fake way they talk. So like mm-hmm. watching this footage of the, all all of these kids besides Brian were like, I want to be a star when I grow up. Mm-hmm. Brian thought he was going to play for the University of Kentucky at a smooth <laughs> five one. Who told him he was going to play basketball? For the uh, University of Kentucky. He <laughs> watched that episode. Oh, God. Now I can't remember what sitcom it was. But I remember there was, like, this one guy, this one, like, this one teen, like, 12-year-old boy. And he was, like, I'm going to play basketball. I think it, and it was some sort of, like, you know, I'm going to play basketball. I don't need to study. And his mother just sits and is, like, I am five foot four, and your father is five foot six. <laughs> I, you know what I think it is? I That sounds like this is... um real obscure that sounds like Thea <laughs> that sounds like maybe that sounds that like sounds... that's that's the first show Brandy was on it's a, it was a, uh-huh. a very large black lady and I need to look that up because that might be it, that might be but basically she's like hey um, it's not in the cards babe those yeah. motherfuckers are eight feet tall it's not gonna the University mm. of Kentucky that's right. Like, that's not some small program, babe. Those are people that are going pro. Like this is serious. So mm-hmm. like everyone else was. So it's hard watching that footage with them all trying to be like in plays and and dancing and stuff. I'm like I I uh I all I see for your future is Jeanette McCurdy's book. <laughs> and like, uh, like that's all I see for your future is like is like terrible things happening to you at all times, except for Brian, who was like, I'm gonna play basketball. And then it seems like Brian didn't audition at all. Mm-hmm. Um, how we auditioned, uh Kevin auditioned. They, yeah, they all seem to have to audition, except for I mean, like Kevin, it seems the way he describes it, it almost sounds like like Lou Pearlman came up to him, like like was like visiting Disneyland and saw him at the like Aladdin extravaganza and like <laughs> yeah and was probably trying to hit on him yeah um, but and that's how it happened oh and then he was like I got my cousin who can also sing <laughs> yeah you know I want to mm-hmm. talk about Kevin's dad and how like he starts crying mm-hmm. first of all where Kevin grew up is beautiful that mm-hmm. I. I wouldn't have known or thought that he grew up at a camp and his dad was the director of it. And mm. so he was there all year long, even in the winter when it was closed. So it was like kind of remote in the winter. And he grew up like that. I mean, that tracks mm. that, that tracks what I know of Kevin. But yeah. still, um, when he talks about how he was in Florida, he was trying to make it and and his dad got sick and they lied 
they told him that he was just a little sick and it turned out he had cancer. And I just want to say, people don't do this to your children. Don't do mm-hmm. shit like that. That's you have to let them make the choice of what they want to do instead of taking it from them. Because so many people that happens to, and then like they never get to say goodbye to their parents. And because mm-hmm. you didn't want to worry them. Um, that didn't happen to Kevin. He ends up coming to visit and his father had been in bed for so long and his father didn't want him to see like that he got up and walked to the door so he'd be standing up when Kevin came in. That I like, I like yeah, teared up. And yeah. I just like, and I, it's important because they say that Kevin's dad had just died when Lou started like this group and he was such a father figure. Mm-hmm. And I think like that's one of the insidious parts of this a lot of those people that uh lou brought into his web don't have fathers and so some man being nice to you and buying you ice cream and doing all these things um i actually had to put down an audiobook um which is rare but it was this woman was talking about i thought it was going to be her life into drugs and she got into um, sex work and different things what i realized is that it starts off with a pimp befriending her when she was 10 Mm. and like picking her up on the way to school and like taking her to get ice cream and then i was like it, i got a few more pages in and i was like oh i'm not in the space for this like mm-hmm. i i yeah. thought you know I'm, I'm i listen to dark shit and watch dark shit constantly but when i'm like nope gotta turn that off that it was tough and i and so i'm thinking about like how all those fatherless children those vulnerable children um, ended up in Lou's grass and Kevin, who wasn't a child, but his dad had just died. Somebody mm-hmm. he really loved, he'd taken care of. And and then Lou shows up and he's big papa. And it probably felt like, um, you know, like something mm-hmm. he was missing showed up for him. Yeah. And I don't like, it seems like none of them, re- and I, I don't, I don't say this to be like, they didn't have father figures and that's why their lives messed up. Yeah. But like, it sounded like none of them really had any sort of father figure until Lou forcibly stepped into that role. Yeah. Like, Ryan doesn't talk about his dad. Nick's dad's mm-hmm. shit. Um, I think mm-hmm. Howie has a dad, except he made him kill some rabbits. Howie. Oh, yeah, that's right. Don't do that. Howie's an, <laughs> Howie is such, it's like this weird oddball out thing. Yeah, isn't he? He doesn't. He's his family still lives in the same house he grew up in. He just bought them Central Air. Yeah, he's like yeah, and also I'm pretty sure he's straight, but like he gives me like okay, he, he could be. And now we said it. Like <laughs> I'm pretty sure he's straight too. Like I, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I think that if he was gay, people would make more of a deal of being like, and how he's gay. I think that yeah. that's, that's what would happen. Especially after Lance Bass. He would have been like, right. well, I was the first one. Like, Yes, exactly. And so, but I think that he, sh- I'm, I'm 99% sure he's straight. He just gives this, and like, this is, I feel like what I'm about to say is homophobic. He gives this mm. softness to him and this, that he's smiling all the time. And yeah. If he just if he came to the company Christmas party with his boyfriend, I wouldn't be like, hmm, never saw that coming. I'd be like, yeah. okay, how is gay? I I thought so, but yeah, that's yeah. how it will go. Right. He it would be more like um, there was a, speaking of ninety sitcoms, there was an episode of I want to say Veronica's Closet mm. where she had oh, like Christine. her assistant who was Kirsty. Yeah, her assistant who 
most people who would have recognized him recognize him as he's like one of the dance instructors in Showgirls. <laughs> okay. okay. Does he have curly hair? He has red hair. I don't know if it's curly hair. He's the one that like when N- Nomi's at the audition, he's like, thrust it. Thrust yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know who you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because those that's those are a couple of good scenes where they're trying to tell her that she needs to eat. Um yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. He, he was on Veronica's closet as her assistant, and he there was one thing where he goes to a cooking class and gets a girlfriend and brings her to like the company Christmas party, and everyone's like, girlfriend? Yeah. <laughs> and that's the howie thing. I yeah. think people would feel the same way. Um mm-hmm. Which I also think is interesting because of their childhood footage, um, they they show Nick singing a duet with a girl at a talent show. Mm -hmm. And that song that they're singing is from the musical The Phantom of the Opera. (laughs) Oh, I didn't know that. Like, I, I... I am the theater queen here. I was able, it was like, <laughs> it's here singing Phantom of the Opera. <laughs> and then AJ's whole, like, a princess has is like a delicate yes. thing uh-huh. that that he still is saying he uses on his wife today is from the musical Once Upon a Mattress. I, when he does that, I'm like, <laughs> AJ, you know, no one slept with you because of this. They were already going to fuck you. You just yeah. did it and they were like, okay. They're like, yeah. Women decide they're gonna fuck you when, once they've got three seconds in in your in the eyesight. Mm-hmm. They're like, "Yeah, I'll fuck him." Like that. Yeah. They you never recited that and changed someone's mind. It didn't happen. Mm-hmm. And I don't. And the fact that this is also how I know that they're all tragically straight. None of them know that. <laughs> they're all like, right. "Yep, that's how you get a woman. You recite this." No, it isn't. Okay. Yeah. All right. So they're all doing theater stuff, but what? How we? What, what? Well, that yeah, that's why I was like, you like we see AJ and like Kevin's working for Disney and like being Aladdin with like you know no n- no nipple shirtless dude. <laughs> yeah. AJ is like reciting musical theater to everybody. Uh, Kevin or uh, Nick is singing Phantom of the Opera at a talent show, and then there's like soft boy Howie who like if he had done any of those things, it'd be like no, this makes sense. But he's just like he's acting like the Effie of the group. Oh my <laughs> like, god! Because he sang the lead parts at first, remember? And yes. then, and then, so here's the other thing. Also, Nick hung out with him the most at yeah. first for the night. So then Brian shows up, no audition, driving mm-hmm. down in a bleeding banana with no shocks from fucking Kentucky to <laughs> Florida. Got his big dick energy. Shows up. <laughs> takes at all the parts and takes Nick as a friend. And mm-hmm. Howie's just like, now I'm in the back, just shuffling, smiling. Poor Howie. Howie! I I, I felt bad. Yeah. But here's the thing, Howie. You got paid the same amount as everybody else. So, like, who, <laughs> who really won? <laughs> who really right. fucking won? Like, yeah. your check cash, just like theirs did, and you left the studio after three hours, and they left mm. the studio after 12. Yeah, I love that he had that whole moment of like, if we do another album, I'm going to be lead vocal. Yeah, and everyone's like, <laughs> no, you are like, sure, <laughs> honey, sure, yeah, okay. That like, okay, so that that was interesting to me. The other thing, 
Okay, so Nick and Brian were lead vocals. I don't know that I knew that before watching this, mm-hmm. but it makes sense. Once they said that, I was like, okay, yeah, I see it. Yeah. And, um, well, I think that actually, like when you say that, that brings up something because that was sort of the difference between them and In Sync, is that yeah, Brian was kind of considered the front man, but oftentimes it just seemed like it's because he was the shortest and so always would be in the front of the photo shoots. Like there like, was he had like, to be in the front. Yeah. I've seen him otherwise. <laughs> right. So there was never like a, they were all kind of presented as a group package. Whereas, well, I think they like, harmonized more. Yeah. And they like blend it more. And I, um, in K-pop, they, they talk about line, like balance and line diversity, meaning that like, mm-hmm. How, how many of the members, like some of these fucking members have 30 people. Some of these yeah. groups have 30 people in them. How much of each song each member gets and mm. how black balance it is. And I think if we were to do a, a similar analysis of Backstreet Boys and NSYNC, um, Backstreet would be like a bit more balanced. Um, mm-hmm. I'm guessing. I I don't remember where I saw it, but it was on Instagram. It was just a bunch of videos of NSYNC and it said, don't we just love how JC and justin were like battling it out to be in charge mm. and the other three are just like happy to be here in the back happy yeah. and, and i don't think it felt that way because okay so if brian and nick are leads but aj often got like very like uh prominent roles yeah. like he gets to do the laugh in that song he's he mm. I think he's in front a lot for uh at Backstreet's back. Like he, mm-hmm. he, 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 so I, yeah. And, like, and Kevin, you, you can't help but see him. His long neck. Yeah. I think Kevin was always just there. I think Kevin blended in, but he was always kind of like, oh yeah, Kevin's the face. He's the tall one. He's the model. He's the whatever. Yeah, he's got a good face. Uh, yeah. And so the only one who didn't really seem to have like a defined role of that would be Howie D. Yeah. And the fact that you that that D part, I was like, I, I kind of like pause. I was like, Howie D. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's the guy we're talking about. <laughs> Cause I right. do. Um, especially like, baby, it didn't work for hair. Sheila E and it's not working for you. <laughs> <laughs> like when he started growing his hair, like he mm-hmm. started, I was like, Oh, this is the wrong mode to go into, Howie, because you're not mm-hmm. I think he was trying to like jazz up his image and stuff, and I'm like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've been he spent also, a long time talking to his mom about how, yeah. how he was in the back. And he always, I feel like in a lot of the pictures, especially from that time, it always looks like the clothing doesn't really fit him. Like Probably. now he now he looks fine. I mean, he looks like a he looks like a dude. He's got like, you know, he, yeah, he, he's he just he's dressing like just some guy on the street and he and it looks fine on him whereas like you look back some of the other stuff like like the one where they're all in the rain it's like yeah even with the even with him having like a body he can do that with it's still a little bit like why are you here yeah i and and now he's like if i if i saw him in the heb i would not be like Mm -hmm. i think that's a famous person i'd be like that's somebody's middle-aged husband Mm mm-hmm yeah, mm-hmm. that's what I would think. 
And yeah, he's shopping for his husband to like. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, he's going home to his husband, mm-hmm. and, and and like I and hope maybe nobody will listen- see them on toddlers and TRs. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> and he's like, I hope nobody's listening. This is thinking that like we're downing Howie. Howie's just one of those guys that mm-hmm. he could be married to some woman for thirty fucking years, and yeah, that's true, and that yeah. he's definitely straight, but also. You wouldn't be surprised if he if they got divorced and he was like, yeah, I I was gay the whole time. And I'm like, okay, yeah. that that uh, there's a lot too. of guys like that in musical theater too. Like, a, a, yeah. So I don't mean to like, yeah, like, like we're not, we're not. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, it's just that that's what he gives off. Mm-hmm. Um, and I will say there was like a while where like he like during the millennium era that he was technically my favorite because I wasn't really into Nick. Mm, um, yeah. Brian. I guess it would be between him and Brian for a while. AJ's like hair bothered me, and Kevin he couldn't is figure like, out to do with his facial hair or his hair, and it just yeah. felt like every time you saw him, he looked worse and worse. And you'd be like, "Wrong direction, yeah, wrong road, wrong road." And so I yeah. just, and it felt like he was trying to shock us. It felt mm-hmm. like remember this is also a, it's not too far from like Cisco, you mm-hmm. know, with the mm-hmm. stuff, like he get he gave me those vibes, and I was like. So yeah. yeah, like I don't know who's I don't know. And know? I'm not really into bad boys. So like the whole like AJ thing of like like you know, like I was drinking liquor on the stage and yeah. Like, yeah, I really don't care. I mean, it yeah. sucks for you and I'm sorry and I hope you're better, but like I don't care. Now can AJ imagine, now I, can you imagine going to like being a teenage girl, going to one of these mm-hmm. fucking concerts, and then AJ like sprays water on you in a fit on the stage? Like I would probably like, especially if I was like a fifteen-year-old girl, I would probably be so excited that I would, like, probably I would be so excited I would barf the um the shampoo flavored vodka that I snuck out <laughs> in a shampoo bottle in my purse. <laughs> yeah, it would be it would be your, it would be the story for life. Right. My like, sister-in-law. I would, like, I'd bark on my retainer and would probably have to like find some way to to put that back in. Right. My sister-in-law touched Beyonce and uh, I have never once been in her presence when she did not mention it. Um, (laughs) Because Beyonce reached out to her. My other sister-in-law my other sister-in-law works in entertainment and she got these very, very close seats to Beyonce. And mm-hmm. Beyonce was doing her thing. She, you know, she reaches out and she touched my sister-in-law. And now <laughs> we got to talk about it at all times. <laughs> and I can imagine like if I was, so if I met this tour, I love these dudes. And yeah. maybe AJ's my favorite. And he's like high on fucking stage and drunk and pouring mm-hmm. water on us. And also talking aggressively, like he's mad that we mm-hmm. came to see him. Like, I don't, but I, that will be my story forever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. AJ um, sprayed on me. Yeah, AJ sprayed on me. <laughs> Gross. He probably sprayed on a lot of people. Anyway. Like, oh, I'm sure. I'm just thinking, <sighs> it's a, the energy at Lou's house, the energy mm-hmm. on tour with all these dudes, I, it's scary to me. Even mm-hmm. the energy as they're like, so the part where they're doing the new album, they're all in the house. I don't even like, they're grown ass middle-aged men, wives and children. I don't even want to be in that energy mm-hmm. because it, it seems scary to me. That's all. It just seems yeah. like anything could happen. They somebody also, might They also have that thing of, especially with like the modern day stuff, mm-hmm. 
they have that thing that 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 energy of like artsy dads yeah but I like i don't it. Mm -hmm. yeah and it's like it's a little yeah it's a little bit it's definitely a bit much it's also like aj's nails being painted i was actually thinking about that a while because like he's not doing it's one of those things that i should be like no that's great you should everyone should do that and paint your nails like you know gender fuck gender but i see that i'm a little bit like okay you know okay so remember how when we were having these pop like wars and people mm -hmm. would be like britney is this and christina aguilar is that and avril Levine's this and mm. uh ashley simpson's that and they would pretend like one was like more authentic or more raw than the other but they all were made by middle-aged white men's in boardrooms being like avril wear that tie again don't ever take mm. that tie off again like, and it feels it feels very manufactured on AJ, especially because yes. the design on it tells me he goes to a nail salon, and so right, that, he, he doesn't do have that. the straight guy chip nails, <laughs> right? So he did. He's not like just like doing something creative, and and I'm not saying that I'm not talking about I'm not like denying his authenticity. Authenticity. What I am mm -hmm. saying is that it comes mm -hmm. off as a brand inauthentic, and so yes. You're, I'm less likely to root for it. I'm obviously not against it, but I'm right. also like, okay, well, yeah, you get your two week Manny Petty and yeah, no, that that, that makes sense because he's not. It's not the like the raw. I did this myself because I'm punk and I'm trying to like, you know, fuck gender norms, mm -hmm. and so you can see like where the cuticles are fucked up and it's also the edges are chipped. Yeah, and it's not the like. Fuck gender norms. I'm gonna go get a two hundred dollar yeah. acrylic press in aquarium nail yeah. with like Sailor Moon glitter inside. Like yeah. it's yeah. yeah. He told his wife, uh, you know, I gotta go on this tour. Call Leanne and see if she can fit me in because you know that <laughs> that's what happened. And that's not as I don't know. I'm just not as excited by that yeah so. and he picks the most like matte black color in existence yeah maybe navy blue but like it would be it's a dark navy blue that only shows up at black yeah and like, i'm not sure it's... he's a great tipper either and i just feel for leanne because he's mm -hmm. always doing he's always trying to get squeezed in why don't you just mm -hmm. make an appointment after your last appointment so we know when you're gonna come back aj like yeah <laughs> and his wife has to like throw leanne a couple extra bucks over her thing yeah and, Cover for his tipping. Yeah, yeah, she has to because she wants to be able to come back. She doesn't want Leanne talking shit about her as soon as they leave. <laughs> <laughs> the daughters go there. No, we can't. We this, we we come here. Like yeah. So and that's what it looks like. Um. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay. So when he was wearing that coat, when he was wearing that coat from that looked like Ryan Gosling in Drive. Why the whole time was I thinking about Jax and um Oh my god. <laughs> every time because there he was this was this was mm -hmm. like way too long of a scene. I was like, this is too yeah. much. But the whole time I was like, yeah, that's that's exactly Ryan Gosling was not talking, so uh Kristen had to suck Jack's dick. And then mm -hmm. and then Tom had fell asleep, fallen asleep because that is actually a boring movie. And like right. I just the whole time I was thinking about that, I'm like, look at that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Back to the pump kids honestly uh, yeah anytime somebody the movie drive i i don't even know if i could ever watch it 
I have never seen <laughs> because it. Because of this. It doesn't seem like, like something I want to watch. Yeah. I, this, the whole time I'd be sitting there just like, okay, is this when, is this when it happened? Yeah. Is this, it seems like the, the thing is, as I think Jax picked that movie. Mm-hmm. And so I was just like, you know what? No, I don't want to see it. Yeah. Especially since like he picked it because he's like, look, she probably thinks that we're actually going to be watching go because nobody remembers drive. And so. <laughs> I So w- there's this throughout the part of this documentary, there's this back and forth between Brian and Nick because they were mm. so close when they were younger. And also plot twist, Brian has a thing that I wrote down, but I'm not going to look at it, uh, of going on with his vocal cords in which the muscles mm. are paralyzed and it makes it hard for him to sing. Mm-hmm. Which, when your mortgage is dependent on you going on these Y2K tours, is a problem. Mm-hmm. And so we watch him. He's doing rehab. And then also uh, there's some question about whether he's going to be good on stage mm-hmm. They get into an argument. So this is the this isn't the first time, but it's one of the first times all five of them have to choose songs because remember Kevin's mm-hmm. been gone for a while. Yeah. So they do all these songs and then they have to sit at a conference table. And I was looking at the window behind them. It seems like it, they were there into the deep night. It was day when they started. Mm-hmm. It was pitch. Yeah, and it black. was like morning because they're all like. Hey, baby, you want some eggs with that coffee? Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, you guys were there all fucking day arguing. And what it is, is that they they play a song and they have to decide whether they want to try to keep it. And everyone has their own self-interest. Howie is definitely trying to get more leads. Mm -hmm. Um, Nick is feeling like the big dick in a room because the other person who does most of the singing can't do do it anymore. And Nick says that well, this is that shift you're talking about. It mm-hmm. went fine, and then suddenly it went to no fuck you, no fuck you. Yeah, and it was, it was jarring. And I thought it was a bit for a minute. I thought they were gonna both be like screaming "fuck you," and then they would just sit there and start laughing. No. I I kind of woke up. I was like, oh, yeah, oh, we're in some mess. What's going on now? And mm-hmm. why Nick's- wasn't this the documentary? Yeah. <laughs> Why did it start? This should have been the first scene. And so mm-hmm. Nick says that producers have come, come to them aside and said, like, what's going on with Brian's voice? And that, yeah, you could do a lot of things in the studio, but we got to get on the stage. Mm-hmm. And I guess, listen, I have I talk about this all the time. I'm not arguing with anybody about this. Everybody's got a backing track. Everybody's mm-hmm. got a fucking backing track, especially oh, yeah. some people that are pulling themselves with their claws to kind of a throw. They're dig out a backing track. And so right. Obviously, there well, was that's one. the other thing, too, which I don't I understand why they didn't bring it up. I don't know if they just don't think about it. But like Nick definitely brings up like, oh, your vocals are not as good as they used to be. Yeah. But also he's comparing Brian's high notes from when he was going through the middle of puberty to yes. when Brian is like. Like, even if there was nothing wrong with Brian's vocal cords, his vocal range would have changed. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's why people keep trying to try Mariah Carey, and I'm not having it because mm-hmm. people, like, our bodies change. Yeah. And they just will. And 
the especially the voice and then you use it all the time and like come on mm-hmm. man it's it's so like he's right and then but he actually has something wrong and it's not I guess he's not being open with them because they weren't even sure he was in rehab and we had already seen mm-hmm. not in rehab but doing rehabilitation work on it and yeah th- we already seen he'd been talking to some woman but she looked like mm-hmm. a hippy dippy woman she like she was giving, putting crystals on him and I was like yeah, Are you she seeing seemed a very much yeah Are you seeing a real <laughs> Like the lights were off and she, I think he like it opens up and he's in like downward, some sort of like child's pose. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. So I, I definitely was like, are you are also seeing someone with a medical license? Right. Mm-hmm. Because, um, but they weren't even aware of that. They, mm-hmm. they said they didn't even know. And like how it's something like, maybe you should go every day. And I think that he'd already, Brian had already told the audience that he was seeing someone every day. Mm-hmm. And so I find I that thought for a minute, I thought for a minute too, they were only talking about his heart because he's had a lot of heart. He's had heart problems ever since they started. He said like, he had open heart surgery at 23 and they didn't even cancel shows. Yeah. Bro. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and now Nick is sitting here screaming about like, can you hit your high notes? Or, yeah. That's true. Okay. And he, they don't talk about his heart in this. They only talking about his vocal cords and mm-hmm. his heart is only going to get worse. Right. Cause he's getting older and older. Yeah. I mean, I think he definitely had, I don't, I don't want to call it a defect and I don't know what exactly it was, but I, I know, know that he saying. had heart issues that were not normal for a 23 year old. And that was like a whole thing. Right. I And I think that's also why he found it's Jesus. It's called a congenital heart condition. That's why they, they don't say defect anymore. They say congenital. Yes, like yes, you're yes, born yes. with it. Okay. Yes. I, I knew exactly what you're trying to say. Cause we, yeah. Um, yeah. So he had that. And so he's always going to have it. And, mm-hmm. you know, I. <sighs> but they don't talk about that. They're talking about his vocal cords. And, mm-hmm. and Nick is mad. Really fucking mad. And I don't know. Do you think where, where do you think that was coming from? Do you, were you like, yeah, Nick, be mad, or were you like, Nick, why are you so? What's going on right now? This is Coke. What's going on? Or like, what? What did you think when you were? I kind of thought it was dry drunk behavior a bit. Mm. Like wow, you that you, I would have never. Okay, okay. I mean, because... maybe it's dry coke behavior but like it, it didn't it yeah. didn't seem it didn't seem rational i understood why he was coming from what i understood the very like the very small teeny tiny kernel of a point that he had yeah but it was too much the re- yeah the rest of it i was like do this no what was yeah. coming from? and you're screaming and people like kevin everybody's dad always He's mm-hmm. got his hand on him. He's like, you got to sit down. We got to talk. And Nick mm-hmm. is like pushing him. And I'm like, are you going to fight Kevin? So you could yeah. get across to, to this little, mm-hmm. this little scrappy little thing across here. He's, mm-hmm. he's so little. You want to fight yeah. Brian? Why? And Brian is not, I don't know. Brian seems unaffected by how mm-hmm. angry Nick is. He's like, that's how life is. You know, mm-hmm. sometimes you, t- you take the good, you take the bad. And I, at this point, I would have yelled at him because I would have yeah. been like, no, we got to go on tour. What do you mean? That's how, what's going <laughs> on? You're like, that's how life is. No, 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 no. You're not going to make me look bad out here. Are you going to be right. able to do it or not? I, 
But yeah, that makes so much sense that yeah. dry drunk or dry coke or whatever. But like, yeah. yeah. Um, so they do mention here, and I started talking about this. AJ had a drug problem. Um, mm-hmm. I guess they were supposed to sing the national anthem in Boston mm-hmm. or something. <laughs> and AJ is on a coke binge and he's tired. So he's going into a coke coma. He, he's mm-hmm. been up for days. There's no way he can get there. Um, yeah. And Kevin hears about this. And not only is Kevin your daddy, Kevin's your daddy that shows up at school with a belt, apparently. <laughs> Instead of like coming to talk to you, he's like, Yeah, sit him outside. <laughs> and I'm like, No, please don't sit me outside. My dad has got a belt. He's going to beat me. <laughs> so, and, and like, it's the 80s, so don't call us the police at all. They're just like, Listen, you got to go out there and take your fucking beating and get back in here and do your math. So, right. <laughs> Kevin shows up to Kevin shows up to the hotel and no one's answered the phone or anything because he's mad that AJ isn't going to show up I don't mm-hmm. know what he thought he could do because if AJ is like really fucked up he's not going to be able to perform no matter what even if you mm-hmm. get him there so apparently I don't know what kind of hotel this is okay but it's they got these double back doors that are bolted and Kevin rammed a car into it like the back of his truck that's what he said and he said he didn't make it in and he kind of chuckles and said, I'm glad I didn't make it in because I'm like, I'm glad you didn't make it in either. Or this was right. a true Hollywood story of how you killed AJ. <laughs> like, what were we going to do? Like, put him in the shower and turn the cold water on? Yeah, and, and like... then what? Drag him to the fucking stadium to sing the national anthem? Mm-hmm. But I guess they did talk that day and Kevin told AJ he was dead to him and mm-hmm. like a bunch of other shit. Probably... I. This is a nice word, but I'm I'm a thousand percent sure Kevin called him a junkie, right? Mm-hmm. You know, Kevin talks like that. And I'm sure at the time I talked like that too. So I'm not gonna give Kevin that hard of a time. But yeah, mm-hmm. like I'm sure he called him that. I'm sure he said some mean things to him. And AJ said that's when he went to rehab. Mm-hmm. Do you believe that? I don't know. Because the way that AJ tells the story and the way that the documentary splices together the story, mm-hmm. it it sounds way too much like, um, have you ever heard when people give their like church testimonials about how they found Jesus and like mm-hmm. things go a little bit too quickly? Yep. And also this also happens like... Uh the rooms it happens in like um na uh, yeah. my mom's in na and like yeah. the, when they tell their by the time they're like telling their story it's so like pat down pat that you're mm-hmm. like there's gotta be like three steps in between that and that there's didn't just happen that way right yeah yeah and like what i guess part of what i'm thinking of is the flip side of that which is like with a lot of the church church testimonials that i've heard people give it ends up being this like okay, so one time I was at a party and I did a line of cocaine and like, I got really nervous. And then I was like, I can't do any more drugs. And then I found Jesus and that's how I got rid of my coke habit. And you're like, what habit? (laughs) Now I know AJ very clearly had an actual addiction problem. Like you you don't not go to rehab, like just because like you did it one time and like, split like yeah oh you don't just pass out from like doing it once but like i guess it's just it's it's, it's like the lou perlman thing it's glossed over so much that it's like yeah so i kind of maybe like i don't know and there was one time i was drunk on stage and then i passed out in my in my hotel room and then kevin crashed the car like 
like you do, you know? Well, I'm on his Wikipedia page. Mm-hmm. And AJ has said that my favorite song when he was on the set of that video was the first time he used cocaine. So okay. it might be my fault. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's the f- so his he says. I don't believe mm. him. I'm going to be completely honest. I don't believe him. I think he was doing cocaine with Lou <laughs> in mm, 2000. Yeah. But I also feel like if he was doing cocaine with Lou, he wouldn't have a problem being like Lou gave me cocaine. So I don't know. Yeah. In 2000 is the first time he used cocaine. He It's July of 2001 that he's confronted by Kevin mm-hmm. and he threatens to quit the band. But then he goes, this is, this is, you know, AJ AJ obviously has his assistant updating Wikipedia because his Wikipedia is fucking long as shit. So, mm. so he has, you can't do it yourself, but someone else can. So yeah. that thing that happened is is the dates. It was a national anthem, but then they also had dates in Boston and they canceled it and they said Nick injured his hand. And it was during mm. that whole thing. And then later he went to rehab. I'm, I, I think... Kevin talking sternly to him probably was a factor. Mm-hmm. But also, I don't think he was one year into cocaine use and then he went to yeah, rehab. I just don't think so. Um, I also, I would believe that the rest of them were doing drugs too. I don't know what kind of drugs, mm-hmm. but I'm sure, like, if you're telling me you guys all haven't had a few bumps of coke, mm-hmm. even you, Kevin... Maybe not. Brian's yeah. got a heart condition. I would say I could see Brian having tried like one or two at like a party to like not be like because everyone was like, come on, don't be such a. Yeah. And he was like, all right, I'll give it a shot. And then it, it it he didn't like it, didn't sit well with him. And he's like worried for his heart. So like the moment he started having those is- really having those issues, he was like, you know what, guys, I can't do this. I, mm. Yeah. And he definitely just smoked a lot of weed because he was wearing all these jerseys and Nikes. So he was like, you know what? I'm just going to do a lot of weed and I'll I'll call it that. So, which is fine. But like, uh, yeah. So, but they also briefly, they talk as they're trying to make up in this long ass fucking meeting they're on. um, Mm -hmm. Nick is like, you know, I, when I was, this is what he said. When I was overweight and addicted to drugs and doing drugs, he didn't say addicted. Mm-hmm. He equates those two things with being exactly the same amount of like that. <laughs> He's like, I was doing a lot of drugs and I was also fat. And thank God you guys told me. And I was like, oh, that's oof, okay. But he yeah. talks about how he had to quote unquote get better mm-hmm. um, for the group. And AJ did too. I just wish we'd talk more about Nick, like. Nick does explain that he could get any girl he wanted to. He could, he was he was 18, 19, 20 years old when this stuff mm-hmm. was happening. He wasn't even old enough to drink. Yeah. Okay, so he talks about how this ego stuff, he had family stuff, he had money everywhere. It just he felt like he was on top of the world. He does not, I think. I think Nick doesn't think of himself as an addict. I think he mm-hmm. thinks of someone who was partying too hard. Yeah. Also, Nick at his fattest is not big. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, I like he's not even like pictures. Elon Musk big. Yeah, he's he's not. Um, but imagine 
this is what I imagine. I imagine mm-hmm. they sat him down and was like, hey, Nick, you're looking pretty fat. Also, yeah. I think you're doing drugs. And I think yeah. that's how they did it. And, and I'm like, okay, all right. Like, like, Nick, that cocaine you're doing, it's giving you a little bit too much Lindsay Lohan coke blow. I need, we need you to calm down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Find something else to do because you're making us look bad. That's how he approached it. And I, I thought mm-hmm. that was like very strange. Um, yeah, I don't think Nick's very honest about Nick. Had, you know, did you know Nick had a um, he had two reality shows. He did House of Carters with his family, which was mm-hmm. scary as fuck. And mm-hmm. then he did another one with his at the time fiance and they're mm-hmm. now married with children um, in which she pretended that she did not know who Nick was when she met him and that she had never heard the Backstreet Boys. And mm-hmm. she had never, she didn't know anything. She didn't know any of their songs. And I'm like, she's prime That's... age. She's a fucking liar. The only way that could have happened is if she was raised in some sort of like meet the Plathville situation. Not at all. And yeah. I remember there, when it came out, I was still on Facebook. There were all these threads about her in which people were like screenshotting shit from fucking Tumblr and being like, well, what about this? And what about that? Also, she claims she makes her own money. But one time she borrowed $10 from a friend. And like, like <laughs> it was a lot of like stuff that I was like, oh, that's interesting. And then also like, oh, you're a Nick Carter stan. That's what's mm. going on here. But yeah, so yeah. he had that reality show. And even there, he's very much like, glosses over his darkness he Mm -hmm. when he talks about drugs and that sort of stuff he talks about his parents his sister who died from an overdose i do not know her name i feel bad keep talking about her not know her name um he talks about aaron because at this time he when he gets married Aaron, his mother and aaron like release statements and like aaron's doing some wild stuff at the time and he talks about all that but he never talks about his own and i'm like like we know you beat up Paris Hilton. Like she left yeah. there looking, you beat her up. Mm-hmm. And also Paris Hilton is the queen of the party. Okay. There's mm-hmm. no fucking way. Like, I don't know. And so I just, and maybe we'll have to wait for like another 10 years when he's like, when he writes a, a tell all book and he's mm-hmm. like, let me tell you what it was really like at Lou Pearlman's house. And this is, yeah. and, and maybe when he'll start doing that, but like Nick really downplay. he, he all, they, when they tell their story, AJ's the drug addict of the group, mm-hmm. by the way, um, he's now, um, he's sober. He's been sober a long time, but he's also grain-free, gluten-free, plant-based and sugar-free. And that has helped him with the sobriety according to Wikipedia. Is this Nick or AJ? AJ. AJ, that 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 <laughs> makes sense. It's fine. I like whatever you need to do. <laughs> yeah, whatever you yeah. fucking need to do to get yourself to the next day and to not end up in like in a bathtub, you know, mm-hmm. on TMZ. I'm fine with it. Do whatever you gotta do, but don't oh, be yeah. out here telling people sugar free is the only way to get sober. <laughs> yeah, no, it's just like like I gave up pasta and heroin. Like <laughs> if I had to give up heroin, there's no fucking way I'm giving up pasta. There's yeah, no, 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 no fucking no. way. Yeah. Also, because I have heard some people talk about like like sugar. And I know sugar can be really bad. And like it sugar is extremely addictive. And I feel mm-hmm. sugar and caffeine are 
like two things, but they're not the way I've heard some like that one nutsy dude on TikTok. I think I think I know who you're talking about, but I scroll really hard. So <laughs> yeah. I've mainly seen him through duets of people who are just kind of like staring at him, being like, what is wrong with you? Why aren't you wearing shoes in the grocery store? Um when hey, those when people act like the grocery store is their own personal place, like they show up with like three dogs in a basket, no yeah. shoes. And yeah. I'm just like, we're all here together though. You have right. to put on shoes. Yeah. That's actually not to get too personal, but like <laughs> I was talking to one of my former supervisors and he had talked a little bit about how like, cause we're talking about my current job and my current job sucks and it's whatever. I'm looking for a new one. Yeah. But one thing the head of HR had mentioned to me one time and she's not, uh, and anyway, she said something like, well, everyone thinks that you're combative and mean. And my former job guy was like, well, you, you've had moments like that. So like, I wouldn't, I'm like, I totally get it. But like, I sometimes wonder if I should get checked out for like, I don't know, one of the millions of like spectrumy things, because I have those moments a lot of like being in the grocery store and being all like that person brought their dog and I don't care. And like, what do you think? Like, why are they bringing him here? This is a place where there is food and people might have allergies and that dog here can get in. And it's a cute dog. But like, that is so like, who do they gotta think go they pet are? it? But I'm mad. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Like, and it's. The person's fine and the dog's fine. And maybe there's not any like, and I'm not saying I would be like the parent who would be like, you know, somebody might have a nut allergy here. But like, <laughs> there I'm, is that impulse in my brain of like, you are breaking the rules. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what that is. It's about rule yeah. breaking and yeah. about wanting to see someone punished. Like I'm fucked the police all day, but sometimes someone speeds in front of me and then they get pulled over. I'm mm -hmm. like. Okay, maybe a little police. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, that's that's what that is. We want we we have this sense of fairness that we're trying to get done. And yes. for me, I'm like, I'm always like, we live in the world together. You're not mm -hmm. here by yourself. So yeah. what if you sat here like other people also have to sit on this bench? What if you did that mm -hmm. instead of acting like this belongs to you? Yeah, yeah. I like, yeah, but anyway, he's in the, the, so you're talking, we're off traffic. <laughs> a, we're talking about the nut guy. Cause I was about to like tell us. <laughs> the guy in the, he go, the, the, you say he, most of the people are duetting being like, why is he in the grocery store? No shoes on. Oh, but yeah. Oh yeah. Cause the way he, the way he, the way that dude talks about like both sugar and grains and caffeine. And mm -hmm. I think he like only eats liver. So like the, anything that's not like meat. Um, he only eats liver. A son, it's like he's like a he's he's like a the opposite of a vegan. He eats. He's a meatarian. Like only eats meat. Like oh my god. Yeah. He probably farts so bad. Oh like he, god. Oh, he, he also he's also one of those white people who doesn't bathe. No. Yeah. So I wouldn't be around him anyway. Oh I, yeah. No. 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 I. He's, the, the the thing I do not miss about living in New York is how I would have mm -hmm. to be in other people's spaces all the time. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people were out here doing that rock deodorant and babe, okay. I don't know. That's not effective. I don't, you got to do real deodorant if you're going to put your arm over me on the subway. Yeah. Like you there have was to. somebody, uh, I think it was on Twitter, who was basically like, 
Look, with the planet warming and the summer's getting worse, like y'all need, I don't care. Y'all need to invest in the cancer deodorant because your little crystally stuff ain't doing anything. It's not doing <laughs> shit. And we got to be in elevators together. Yeah. And all, oh, one more thing from AJ's Wikipedia that mm-hmm. like AJ is absolutely, um, you know how never, they say in every relationship there's a, there's a gardener and a flower and, mm-hmm. You know, it can switch up and everything, but AJ's the flower. I guarantee you, he is someone who's wanted to be famous since he was young. He cares very yeah. much about how he looks. And then, and it says that he proposed to his girlfriend um, of four years on his own birthday. Oh, and I, it's, when I saw that, I was like, uh-huh. Yeah, mm-hmm. you definitely. Then there's, the, there's that scene in the thing where they all go to... I think it's AJ's former dance school. Uh-huh. And there's all of like the dancer, like they're all like 14. And they're like, we're gonna show you the backstreets back dance. And they're all like, what? Yeah. <laughs> they're none of them. They're like, I don't, I don't know that. Is that is there some place on um YouTube I could look at that? Or uh... yeah. <laughs> and then afterwards, he's like doing these dance moves and like. I know mm-hmm. what he's trying to do. And I know, you know, like right, because they're ballerinas. That's right. Yeah. And like I I'm not here trying to do a switch leap, you know, but it's like, dude, it's great that you can do that, but also you're like 42 with kids and yeah. you haven't taken a dance class in a while. And I know you're like an international pop star who can like do some other stuff, but listen. Y- those days are over, sir. How disappointed were they when the girls learned to dance in two seconds? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's only a few moves, guys. I know it took you three days with right. Wade Robson in a mm. warehouse to learn this, but that's not. Yeah. It's like um, it, it. It's like it's like that scene in Empire Records where mm. there's like the young girl in line, and he's the guy's like the. Again, my brain is gone today. I know who you're talking uh, about. Rex Manning. Rex Manning. Have you seen Empire Records? Yes. Okay. Uh, so the girls in line, and um, he's like, he's like, oh, good. I have, I, I love my younger fans or something. That yeah. she's like, this isn't for me. It's for my mom. Of she course, loves you. <laughs> I don't know who you are. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly like that. Um, yeah. Like these girls are not going to your concert. Their no. teacher said an old student and his friends were coming in. They think mm-hmm. you're somebody's dad or something. They they yeah. literally don't know. There's a camera here. They're all confused. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So the only other thing. So we I think we talked about everything except for um at the end because because the, really they have that argument right. Oh yeah. I want to say that Nick said. I'm not scared of, I'm not afraid of you anymore, Brian. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what? And then Brian goes, when were you afraid of me? And I know you <laughs> want to say, I'm only five feet tall. I'm only five <laughs> feet tall. What are you fucking talking about? Nobody's afraid of me. <laughs> I'm only five feet tall and I got a heart condition. I can't like do it. <laughs> and I'm a ginger. Nobody's right. afraid of me, man. <laughs> like, so, but uh, then he goes, Listen, I just want us to be back like we used to be. I want to be your Jordan and Pippin. You're Jordan <laughs> and I'm Pippin. And I immediately went to the last dance. I was like, They didn't pay Pippin. Pippin was upset. <laughs> Jordan, was, Jordan was doing all kinds of real dick things. <laughs> I, I was like, I wonder if now Nick would ever say, 
uh, you're Jordan, I'm Pippin. Right. Pippin's like, wife, uh, Larsa's out here for the streets. And like, <laughs> that she's fucking Michael Jordan's son. Well. She is. Like, a, yeah. a, a man. Oh, he's a man. Excuse me. He's a, mm-hmm. th- he's a man in his 30s. Mm-hmm. But she knew him when he was a child. That's, yeah. That's, mm-hmm. like, inappropriate. I don't care. I think there's a 20-year 20 20 age difference or something like that. But the mm-hmm. fact that you interacted with him when he was a child automatically means you can't that's it yeah there's there's a there like it's one thing and i'm not saying it's a good thing or a bad thing or whatever it's one thing when there's a large age gap mm-hmm. but if they're both consenting adults whatever yeah you know and real adults it, like he's in his 30s yeah like yeah it, it, this isn't even like a leonardo dicaprio thing but like yeah. if you can remember before they if you knew them before they entered puberty like or even after they entered puberty but like we're not no yeah just yeah like he would be able to be like hey larsa if he, and she would know who he was talking like when they were children yeah when he was children you know if that's the case though that means kevin bacon and kira sedgwick because um mm. kevin bacon was doing some play and kira mm. sedgwick was a kid yeah and he, I mean, I'm not saying he was 35, but he was an adult, and she right. came up to get her, uh, her, her like playbill signed, mm-hmm. and that's the first time they met. Yeah, and then later on they met again. And I'm like, hmm, I guess you're canceled. Kevin. Well, that's also not that they had a re- <laughs> not that they had a relationship, but you yeah. know, there were some. Jennifer Connelly talked about like there were some things that look she looked back upon David Bowie, and she was like, mm, was that appropriate? Yeah, and I think that people like David Bowie and to a certain extent Gaga, to a certain extent, you know, Prince. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm surprised we don't ha- hear more about Prince. Yeah. Um, that weirdness allows them mm-hmm. to do some things that people are like, well, they're not of this world. Yeah, yeah. I talk about this all the time. I'm gonna talk about it again in Lady Gaga's doc. Uh I everyone thinks this is funny, but I was like horrified by it. She mm-hmm. is by the pool and they're talking about what you're going to do at the Super Bowl. And she's talking to people she employs. They look there. I think they're designers. I think they're something to do with wardrobe and stuff. So, I mean, but she employs them mm-hmm. and she is in a bathing suit and takes off her clothes. What <laughs> I think she thinks is very funny because she's naked. And I immediately got the uncomfy feeling about it because I was like, yeah. They they even if they were, they didn't want to be a part of this, they're not allowed to say anything. Right. So even if even though they're giggling, like you're still you're still like you're still abusing your position because um maybe they see you naked all the time and maybe maybe they do think it's funny, or maybe they don't, and they're like mm-hmm. literally trying to have a conversation with you and you just threw your nipples at them and they mm-hmm. have to like pretend for a while. And it's stuff like that, which some people will be like, that's so funny, that's so edgy, and and also but also like just like switch genders and make this mm-hmm. guy and make this guy not a creative person. And yeah. suddenly you're like, well, why did he take his balls out? Cause we were just, yeah. And I've, <laughs> I mean, I've worked in both theater and burlesque and mm-hmm. there's a lot of like weirdy artsy people there where there's a lot of things that get swept under the rug, mm-hmm. whether or not it's true or not. There's a lot of stuff that gets kind of just like, you know, oh, this is weird and artsy, and we're all weird and artsy here. Yep. And it's 
it's not a big deal. And like, yeah, you can see it's bald, but like, you know, like we're all in theater together. And like, I still don't want to see his balls. Like, yeah, you still need my consent. Yeah. And I, you didn't ask for it. You're not even like meeting mm-hmm. me in the eye. You're not giving me a chance to like, you're really just yeah. because you're like, I'm a badass and I don't conform yeah. to like, you know, societal norms, which is right. cool and everything. But also I'm still a person. And it's and, not even like, a oh, we were changing together and apparently he doesn't wear underwear and oops, yeah. but like, you know, like it was, it, yeah, it's, yeah. Yeah. So like, I think about stuff like that. I, I, for Prince, I'm always, so, I like, I'm like, there should be a lot of stories about Prince. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there are like, he's changing people's names like they're slaves, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's just like meet someone and gives them a name. Um, mm-hmm. But there should be more stories about inappropriate sexual contact with prince because he was Mm. it's you know it's the 70s and 80s and 90s and and he was so free but i don't think you know there's got to be some stories about someone being like and i absolutely was not into this and he just showed up and was like yeah you know well there was that this isn't prince but same era there was that one thing i want to say it was on jezebel this is a while ago um where this one woman she was like yeah when i was 14 my friend or her sister or somebody took her to a concert and it was either david bowie or the rolling stones and so she ended up going backstage and met david bowie and mick jagger and i think she ended up sleeping with both of them and oh my god it she ended like after like she did like nightlife stuff and whatever but this was the 70s she was underage oh my god and it caused this like this minor rift in a lot of communities because there was a discussion of like does this mean that david bowie and mcjaggart are rapists and there was a whole discussion of like consent and age of consent laws and all of this stuff and it was just kind of like Opening that because like the way she told the story, she was like, I was not violated. I didn't, you know, I agreed to it. I was not. She was not forcibly raped. Yeah. Um, But there are like the fact is these are grown men in this Mm -hmm. at 14. Like, yeah, this is. uh, Yeah. I was thinking like, this is how a lot of R. Kelly. I can't keep bringing them up. This is how a lot of R. Kelly shit starts. Like I went backstage Mm -hmm. and then. I, I was 13. I was with my mom and he gave her mm. her card and then she dropped me off of this studio two days later. Yeah. Yeah. That's it's yeah, it's tough. And, and like, I think it's hard. People don't want to think about things like that. And it's, it's hard because some of these things like the uh, Mick Jagger, David Bowie thing, like, obviously I see that as wrong. Mm-hmm. I can also, I can also see someone arguing like how they know how old they are, but also like you live a life where, you're sleeping with people you have no idea how old they are and if someone mm-hmm. like like that's on you though that's on yeah. you because you're fucking so many people and are so mm-hmm. reckless with these things that like yeah you fuck some minors and you, it doesn't change the fact that you did i'm like i can see all sides of that sort of stuff and mm-hmm. i know it makes people uncomfortable to talk about it but we still need to talk about it because yeah. a lot of this groupy behavior like if we start thinking about things like poison and we start thinking mm-hmm. about um I just forgot Tommy Lee's fan. I, you know, oh Tommy. yeah, that one. Yeah, yeah if we yeah, start yeah. thinking about stuff like that. These people that were just 
fucking their way through America, having <laughs> sex with like moms and daughters mm-hmm. at the same time. Like, you know, there's a lot of shit in there that you're like, you should have never done some shit like yeah. that. Well, I'm that's I'm surprised that there have not out of I'm su- I'm surprised that there hasn't been more of a talk or anything coming out of the Backstreet Boys, not to bring it back to this. Yeah, this documentary. I was just gonna say, um, I'm surprised there's not more rape allegations because. Yeah, I just told well, you all that energy backstage with all these dudes would have worried me mm-hmm. like a crime yeah. to be committed. Yeah, and like you have Kevin sitting there saying he knows how to ask for a blowjob in every single like European language, and they're spending their early twenties. Most yeah. of them are spending their early twenties like running around high school students yes you know who are like visibly about to pass out by how much screaming they're doing like, yes yeah um, i told you kevin standing next to nick makes me uncomfortable in some of those pictures yes a uh, matt kevin going to these high schools makes me uncomfortable they're going there for yeah. free so yeah. you know and 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 then like i'm sure that you ate there of some sort mm-hmm. and then i'm sure like like I don't know. I'm sure some things happen that shouldn't have fucking happened. I, yeah. I agree with you. I'm surprised things haven't come out of this. Um, mm-hmm. The rape allegation against Nick is from, um, I forget her name. I think her name's Melissa, though, uh, from mm-hmm. Dream. You remember them? Yeah. And- well, yeah, that's the thing. Like, like the, the allegations against Nick are coming from, like, people he was... W- was he in a relationship with her, or was she... I don't think... I think they were just around, and... Okay. Like, it happened in... Yeah. Like she was drunk, there there were children, like and and I think that's that's the story. Uh, forgive yeah. me, guys, for not looking it up. I I I don't want to look up anything anymore about a rape. Yeah. So, but but it's but, also like after a lot of like their it's after their like rise to fame. Yeah, and so I can totally see how late nineties. They're run. They're going around these schools and these and and then also they once they get famous. There's just a bunch of teenage girls everywhere. I can totally mm-hmm. see them uh, engaging in behavior yeah. that would be dangerous to minors and mm-hmm. us all normalizing it at the time. Like mm-hmm. in 1998, I was 18 years old. I might have asked, "Well, did she say how old she was?" Like you know what I'm saying? Like. Mm-hmm. Just the way we talked in the 90s. Well, right. she didn't say that she was 14. Oh, I totally, how was he supposed to know? Yeah, I totally would have been like at 15 throwing myself at one of these guys. And like uh, if yeah. they had said yes, I would have like done whatever they wanted to say. And right. I'm not saying that that excuses anything. I am just saying that 15 year old me would have been like, please spray me with liquor H. <laughs> yeah and please take me in the back i'll do whatever yeah. mom stay here i'll be back like <laughs> yeah and there should be somebody there to be like no go go home <laughs> yeah there should be someone in the back being being like uh you, you know will you when you hear about like chris brown and shit how uh-huh. he's like checking ids and signing in the days at the door of his house like yeah i think that's gross lifestyle to be honest uh-huh. but i also understand that like that's better than what david bowie and nick mick jagger were doing you know what i mean yeah. like, at least he's like i need ids i need to know put your phone over there i need to, like uh yeah this doesn't look like you you gotta go <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. I, I, at least there are there there's there's some barriers and things and mm-hmm. um 
just like like I know that I've grown immensely since I was 18 years old, right? And what mm-hmm. and what I think is okay and not, and what what I stand for, wh- who I'm willing to throw away, even if like it means that I don't get to listen to my a song that makes my booty pop. I mm-hmm. I'm not listening to that because I don't need that, and I think it's more important that we protect women and we protect children and we keep people from being violated in in these positions Mm. but i'm gonna tell you in 1998 i would have been like well i don't know we'll have to i I just need to see all the evidence i i I definitely yeah exactly and so would everyone around me and we might have landed on the side of well if you snuck in there and you didn't tell them then maybe maybe this is just a lesson you know and right (laughs) maybe this is just a lesson i don't know Mm -hmm. um i that brings up something i saw tiktok recently where they were talking about how you, when you're talking to teens and young people about um, what predators, to be honest, with these uh, 25-year-old and 26-year-old dudes that, that come to the high school to pick up their girlfriend, I saw something where they were like, mm-hmm. they always talk about teen mothers. They don't talk about teen fathers. And it's, it got stitched. And she was like, because they were 20s. They're in their 20s. That's why. Yeah. They're all. But anyway, they were saying about how it is perfectly normal and right and like uh age appropriate for a 15 year old to have a crush on their 20 year old boss at their fucking fast food job it's yeah. perfectly normal for us for you to be 15 at one of these shows and be like if he invites me back i'm going because i because mm. it's perfect but they're not adults and when we talk to them about these things we need to talk to them about it's not shame on their part their feelings mm-hmm. and their attractions that's all normal but mm-hmm. the adult there is supposed to know better mm-hmm. and they are the ones that are responsible in this situation. They are the ones at fault. Yeah. Um, it's also when you bring up like, like the, all these pictures of Kevin and you're like, this, this looks uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, it just, that reminded me of in college, there was this guy. <clears throat> sorry. He used to um, every year he would be kicked out of like the group that he was in and he would befriend the incoming freshman. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. he was like 24 wearing with like a katana <laughs> and <clears throat> hanging out. with. I'm like, really mad. I know what a katana is. I'm really yeah. fucking mad. <laughs> <laughs> and he'd be hanging out with the 18 year olds because nobody else would talk to him because they'd all been burned by. <laughs> yeah. They'd all seen like, he's like a loser and, and yeah but an 18 year old doesn't know that yeah and um by that so like especially by my senior year when he was like 26 it's like dude this is not this looked a little weird when i was 18 and you were doing this and now that you're still doing it with and you're still doing it with 18 year olds this is like really uncomfortable yeah and also like you're doing it on purpose like people act like Leonardo DiCaprio doesn't know what he's doing. Like it's just yeah. like it like a little timer goes up and he goes, Ooh, I guess it's time to break up with this one. No, he knows exactly what he's doing. He's doing it on purpose. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so, like, let's unpack why you think why you while while you only want to date someone who is freshly 18. Right. What is it that you think you get from that? 
Um, what is the power dynamic? What, 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 why, what is it that you need that you're getting? And then when we mm -hmm. talk about Leo, Leo's, you know, past and how it's likely he, uh, experienced a lot of the same thing as Jeanette McCurdy and, uh, mm -hmm. and all in Aaron Carter and all these others it, it found as a child actor. Um, there's a lot to unpack there. And what if Leo spent most of his teenage years in, um, feeling powerless in dynamics where people were taking advantage of him sexually mm -hmm. or parts and things like that. And now as an adult, I think he just turned, didn't he just turn like 48? Yeah. He's yeah. I was surprised to find out how much older he is than me. He's so, you know what it is? He's got, you know, on family guy when sometimes mm -hmm. they make Stewie grow up, but they give him the same face. Yeah. That's what Leonardo DiCaprio looks like. He looks like somebody put a little baby face, not baby face in that he looks young, but like it looks like it doesn't belong on an adult, on yeah, an he, adult's body. Yeah, he's similar to, um, oh God, what's his face? Um, Haley Joel Osment that way. Oh my God. <laughs> like I've seen Haley Joel Osment walking around New York and it is. First of all, I love Haley Joel Osment because he like left acting and like now occasionally does like voice acting for Kingdom Hearts and he's just like Oh yeah, he does. <laughs> this like he's just like I am just this like chubby little bearded bear dude who's like just like gonna be smoking pot all day and like living off of my proceeds from when I was six. Yeah. Um yeah. but he looks like Haley Joel Osment. <laughs> It, wait, wait, wait. Do we think that because his face was ubiquitous and we Maybe. just know what that fucking face looks like? And is it? it's not, it doesn't like a young face. It's just that mm -mm. that's mm -hmm. the face of a child and that's what we recognize in our head. And Maybe. Macaulay Culkin even does with, that to me too. Because even with, but even with a beard, he he's like, because he has a beard most of the times I've seen him and it's just like, he has a beard and he's gained weight. So he's it's, he's not like he has facial hair and it's like more fleshed out mm -hmm. and not even like in the Leonardo DiCaprio way, but it still just it has. He still looks like Haley Jaws. I guess. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. It's tough. it's tough. But I think like we should think about what kind of abuses Leo has been through. Not to uh, not yeah. to like give him a pass, but mm -hmm. I bet you there's a reason he's seeking these in power, power imbalances, um, mm -hmm. probably from sexual being sexually assaulted and feeling powerless yeah. and things like that. Mm -hmm. And he should go to therapy, like a lot of it. Mm -hmm. And he should also uh, not be allowed pl around playgrounds. And yeah. we should go from there. And, and yeah, go ahead. I cannot believe I'm about to say this and compare this, but um, uh -oh. I've been catching up on Real Housewives of Potomac and it's mm -hmm. more just sort of like the ridiculousness of this comparison. Um, in one of the recent episodes, Mia was talking about like her relationship with her mother. Yeah. And she talked about how I think it's her aunt said that, you know, when you're dealing with somebody with an addiction who has gotten, you know, mm -hmm. is now in recovery, the time that they were in addiction was an arrested development. So when she she couldn't she can't deal with her mom as her mom she has to be like no my mom is somebody who stopped developing mentally or emotionally or whatever the term right term would be at like 22 because that's when the that's right. when she got into her addiction and now that she's out you know i am not dealing with my mom i'm dealing with another adult right in, like yeah. the like my mom's in her 60s I'm mm -hmm. I'm in my 40s. Like me and my like when I talk to my mom, she is 
like a woman in her 60s, maybe mm-hmm. even in her 70s, actually. But when mm-hmm. Mia deals with her mom, her mom's much younger. She started had to start rebuilding her life when she got sober. There's a mm-hmm. th- that is not that's a common theory. I mean, I don't know yeah. if that cut and dry, but you're right. Uh, trauma and things like makes it stunts uh, emotional growth. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and I think. I think that does apply to like people like Leo and and mm-hmm. probably a lot of people that have been through Hollywood stuff. I I wouldn't be surprised if if we could talk to all of these guys partners, right? Mm-hmm. What they would say about them. Um Yeah. Like the fact that AJ uh, proposed to his wife, they've been dating for so long and he waited to his birthday to propose to her is mm-hmm. such a like egomaniac thing to fucking do uh i bet you i will say what i will say was it her birthday no 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 no. i will say with that it's awful i would be like oh god it's your fucking birthday but i would be thankful it is not on christmas in public and at somebody else's wedding first of all how do you know his birthday isn't on Christmas. It wasn't in public and it wasn't at someone else's wedding at the same time. I'm sure it was in public. I hope to God it was not either on Christmas or at the at his wedding or at somebody else's wedding because it was probably there was a jumbotron involved. Oh, I'm sure. Oh God, yeah. I'm I know that probably. I I just know mm-hmm. AJ. I know yeah. that he probably did that little speech that he did. And she mm-hmm. was like, I definitely did not sleep with you because of that. I did not sleep with you. He's like, yeah, you did. This is what got you. And I'm sure. You're as delicate as a dragonfly. <laughs> Will you marry me? And, she's and when he like, does that oh, little part where Nick's like, I remember that. I remember that part. <laughs> but like if these, if their partners talked about them, I wonder what they'd say about mm-hmm. who they are after being through that meat grinder from such a young age. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Nick cleans up very well for camera, but that's also mm-hmm. because Nick has been doing this a very long time. I wonder and he's, he's like the only home. one with reality TV. Yeah, he's and that really helps you mask or just... Yeah. I feel like you go one way or the other. You are either like, I've learned how to mask and put everything like... Only release the certain enough for reality TV drama mm-hmm. worth to keep us in, in good enough ratings or... You leave it all there out there and there's no filter. <laughs> yeah. And I think he, I also think like growing up in a, a home where people hit each other, he said his parents would just like shoot, not at mm-hmm. each other, but just like guns, just shoot them. Yeah. At like windows and shit. Growing up like that, he's learned to mask a lot. I think mm-hmm. he's, that's why he comes off very well on camera. And mm-hmm. he's someone that you could probably meet in like a mall and he'd like charm you to pieces. But I mm-hmm. wonder what he's like at home on down days when he's, mm-hmm. I don't know if he's completely sober, but if you like, what if he's had like three drinks and he's mm-hmm. feeling a little depressed? What's he like? And yeah. I think they all have shit from like being emotionally and developmentally stunted from this being super famous at 15, 16 years old, fucks mm-hmm. you over, fucks you for life. Yeah. Even what's that little Matilda chick? I don't know her name. Oh yeah. Mara Wilson. She, and listen, she was in everything, but she, mm-hmm. but she stopped as she got older. Yeah. She seems like she has such a, like a supportive family. She seems very down to earth. And she, she's like, yeah, it fucked me up. It fucked me mm-hmm. up. <laughs> and so and then also you're in you a pedophile has been given power of attorney over you and then sent you to Europe so you can get blowjobs from Germans. I imagine imagine Kevin 21 mm. thinking it's fine to take 
uh uh Nick to like the red light district. Mm -hmm. You know they did that. You know they did it. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know. I so, listen, we've been talking a long time about this, but I yeah. will say this. And keep in mind, we both were like, we have things to say, but this was terrible. <laughs> but uh -huh. we figured out things to say. But I the last thing I want to say, the last thing I want to say about this is that like um I would love a redo of this doc with like a third party impartial mm -hmm. like you know doing like uh like in charge of editing and stuff because i bet you there's a lot of shit that they just cut out because they're like That's, no no put that on there cut yeah. <laughs> i i and i find that i find the whole reason i do this show the whole reason i like reality tv and documentaries is that i am very interested in the way humans interact with each other and mm -hmm. especially under um not natural circumstances. I'm really interested in how our mm -hmm. environment changes and things. And this one, this is a perfect thing. It's just that the doc wasn't for that. It was like we're giving this away free with the CD yeah. at Starbucks. So we need to. Yeah. yeah, and I wouldn't want it to be like a Finding Neverland type of thing. No, <laughs> that fucks me up. Yeah, <laughs> I just I've, I I I um. You know what it is about Finding Neverland is that mm -hmm. um, um, uh, at least one of the parents is very uh, complimentary to the whole experience, even mm -hmm. and they're interspersing that with her son talking about some very uh, disturbing things that happened, and she's like, "We had a lovely time on that trip," and I'm like, "You you already know what he said happened on that trip. Why are you over here talking about how much you yeah. like this?" Yeah, 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 yeah. It's dark. Um, right, but like. I don't need it to go into like that territory, but like there was some stuff that I, cause you and I've been talking about like a lot of this stuff, but we've talked about nothing that's really in the documentary because no. stuff is, it's like whatever. And I was really surprised to come out of it that I found, I don't know if interesting is the right term. I don't think compelling is the right term, okay. but there was something about Kevin throughout all of this that I was like, I want to know more. Like what's he doing now? Like, what's he doing now? Like, just because, like, Nick and Brian, Nick, Brian, and AJ, I kind of understand already. Yeah. Like, yeah. Howie and Kevin, I kind of want to know more about because, okay. it's like, you're right. With, Ke with Kevin, I'm like, you said a lot and you also didn't say a lot, but you said a lot in what you didn't say. Yeah. And the fact that you're the oldest and you're kind of like the dad figure here. Like, there's something else there, and I'm not sure what it is, and I don't know if it's good, I don't know if it's bad, I don't know if, like, if watching more would make me really uncomfortable around him, or if I'd have a different type of respect for him. Hmm. And then with Howie, it's just, like, it's a little bit like, who the fuck are you? Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, all of, like, the rest of them are all clearly broken and put back together. Mm-hmm. And I think they're also like really clear about how they're broken. Like, yes, like they, uh, you know, Brian has uh, his health issues. Uh, mm -hmm. AJ would say uh, drug issues. Nick mm -hmm. would say like trauma and PTSD. And, and mm -hmm. they they've almost um, got an elevated pitch down for it. Right. So they, yeah. you know, they know they express it to you really quickly. But mm -hmm. Howie, what's your damage, dude? Like, yeah. it seems like Howie had like... a loving family and just like, yeah. yeah. 
Because I also don't feel like anybody, I don't think anybody in Howie's situation or in, I don't think there is anybody on this planet who could not have like entered the Backstreet Boys or a boy band at 15 or yeah. 18 or whoever old, 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 old Howie was when they, when he started get skyrocketed to fame and that's the rest of your life without coming out of it having to break down and put yourself back together and, and also he's the least recognizable of the group so yeah. he is very famous but also mm-hmm. not and he's also like he started out as the lead singer he thought he was gonna got... be the lead singer that and then wasn't yeah and yeah. so it's like that what the fourth supreme like yeah. only only he stayed in the band he didn't leave this isn't like this isn't the like the latavia story it's like <laughs> or the, the, you know you got you said it perfectly effie <laughs> you said it fucking yes. perfectly and all i want is how we sing it i'm not going <laughs> <laughs> and he didn't he stayed <laughs> yeah he said he wasn't going and he did he he said my check clears just like y'all's i mm-hmm. will see you at rehearsal goodbye <laughs> Yeah, I, I also probably think how he stayed because of uh, economic concerns. And yeah. when you are getting money or you're able to do things. And like he said, when he got his big money, all he did was buy central air for his family. Mm-hmm. So air and heat. So I mean, it probably cost ten fucking thousand dollars. But um, yeah. yeah, I yeah, I would like that follow up as well. Yeah. <sighs> all right. Especially because like that type of person. There I. I think there are very few like truly good people out there who have not gone through some damage. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. I don't believe so, people when they say they're, they're pure driven snow because how, how'd you do that? Especially doing, yeah. going through this. Yeah. And so like anybody who does kind of have that, like, you know, Oh, nothing's wrong with me. I'm in a, I come from a good loving family and a good like to me they I, I'm like no 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 you're hiding something you're like that Chaz guy on Love After Lockup like you, you're <laughs> I uh I automatically know that something's wrong with you because your parents let you go to Lou per- Perlman's house when you're like 17 years old yeah. and stay there all night and mm-hmm. Howie said I couldn't even, I couldn't look at my mom when I went home. I'm like okay Howie. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. All right, David. Thank you. What thank you so much for this. You're and welcome. Thank you for having me back. I, I had such a good time talking about this. I didn't know that I was going to, to be honest. <laughs> I was like, I don't know what we're gonna talk about, but we found some shit to fucking talk about. So, we really did. It uh, wasn't in that documentary, but we found some good <laughs> stuff to talk about. Actually, we talked longer than the fucking documentary. So, <laughs> <laughs> so can you tell everybody where they can find you? Yeah. Um right now I have uh two three podcasts um wait three yeah there's one that's on uh the solid listen network that they're starting to release publicly um that's the mother may I sleep with podcasts um ah, people it's yeah. called uh, 12 months of christmas there's a couple episodes that have gone public most of them are behind the patreon paywall so okay um if you like christmas movies go check that out i also do a real housewives podcast that's friends of the countess mm-hmm. and i've been on it guys you know yes. about it so much fun and then uh thank you five does musical theater all right um mm-hmm. where can i find you online um if you want to follow uh, the main one mm, 
Thank you five has a has a has a has a Twitter account. Uh-huh. Um, I'm on TikTok and Instagram and Twitter, but those are all like I don't talk. Those are sort of my personal stuff, so mm-hmm. it's not like private, but like it's less like like here. I mean, I, I can give you. I'll, I'll give you my link tree so people can if they want. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yes. they can send it to um, me and just, I'll put it in the show notes. Yeah. But just know that it's like it's me recapping Sister Wives and saying I'm not having a good day, and it's not like anything important. <laughs> um, I think people will like it. They listen to this yeah. shit. They might. That's half my podcast, so don't fucking worry yeah. about it. So, David, thanks again. I'm definitely going to have you back. I just had to figure out what I'm going to have you back for because I always have a good time talking to you. And yeah, and you're welcome onto any of the any of the three anytime. I'll come. Like you know mm-hmm. me, I'll show up. Yes. So, <laughs> all right, David. Bye. Bye.